0: And in three, two, one. Hello. Hi. It's good to meet you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good to meet you too. Thank
0: you again for coming down and doing this. Of
1: course.
0: Um, obviously, I want to talk to you about like your modeling and all that kind of stuff because I feel like every time I open Instagram, I, there's a new thing you did. So congratulations <laughs> oh, yes. to all the um, work you're getting and all the success you've had so far. That's oh, It's awesome to see.
1: Thanks, man. That means a lot. Yeah, Thank of you. course.
0: Um, and we were talking about it <clears throat> just now for a little bit. Ah. Uh, but your day job is – so, like, you're a caregiver, but you take the – but you take, like, your family, yes. but, like, your your patient, right? You take yes. them out into the community and, like, you do stuff. How long have you been doing that for?
1: So, this one I actually just started probably in, like, January. Um, so, yeah, but they're my family. So, obviously, like, I've lived with them my entire lives. And my mom and my grandma do at-home living. So, okay. they take care of them, you know, um, like, feed them, take them out, like, uh, to buy clothes if they need it, you know, like, make sure they shower, do their laundry, all that stuff, and then I do navigation, so I take them out into the community to do activities, so, like, bowling, the movies, I've taught them tennis, (laughs) swimming, you know, like, anything they want to do, so, yeah, that's been super fun, and then, um, yeah, so, I just started that in January, but... Yeah, I've lived with them my whole life. So I, I think that makes the job a lot easier because I understand them better. I'm yeah. more patient. I know what they need. So Yeah,
0: yeah I, I would imagine so. Well, and then I'm kind of confused. Are you? Do you guys do it through a company and you're just assigned to your family? Because I know a lot of people, um, when they have uh, family members with disabilities, they'll apply through the state mm-hmm. to just get paid through the state. And then they yes. do that kind of thing. I've heard it's a long process <laughs> and it takes – fucking forever yeah. and there's a lot of corruption in it so not a lot of things get approved when they should be yeah so you guys do it through a company
1: yes yeah okay so ours is yeah through the company it's through a state um and i think i kind of got lucky because my mom and my grandma have been doing it, like, for years, you know, for, like, 20 years. With so, your
0: family members or just in general?
1: Um, So a couple of my family members, but then my grandma has also done people outside of our family. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they've been doing it for so long. So I think that I got, like, very blessed that I was able to just, like, kind of... There's like a long waiting list, I know, and I was able to just kind of get in um, because of them, because they've been in it for like 20 years. Right. So yeah, so I'm very thankful that's, that I got to go in. Yeah, it's that, so awesome. That's pretty cool, because yeah. I
0: worked, like I was telling you before, I worked at two different companies with the state, and th- I mean there are a lot of issues. Obviously, the it's good the services exist, but I didn't know that to get if you have a family member or a loved one that you want to get into the program to get care for them just in general. Mm-hmm. The waiting list is like 12 years.
1: I know. It's crazy.
0: What the fuck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's crazy. So, I think it also depends like what company you want to go through also. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's No, actually Oh,
0: actually it doesn't. It was yeah. kind of surprised me too. Yeah, as far as as far as I know, probably it it might have changed because the last mm-hmm. time that I even heard about this was still in like 2020, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 2020, but at least at that time it was you applied through the state and then you had a list of companies that you got to pick from and then yeah. when you got to the point of of getting accepted into the program then you could pick like okay i'm going to go with a b c or d
1: okay yeah
0: um in the last company oh my goodness i'm not going to name them but the last company that i worked for they weren't even eligible to get on the list they oh, were wow. so jacked up oh no yeah it was bad oh. and um and that's that's a bit they had problems with like staffing and tr- lack of training and mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it's very common in that field, unfortunately, because there's was just at, especially like post COVID, they're just trying to like get bodies in there. just mm-hmm. like fill jobs. Mm-hmm. But I remember sitting in meetings and like having the state audit us because they would, the state would audit, but then the company had to outsource like, like consultants, I guess, okay. consulting agents to come in and like advise the company what to do and all this kind of stuff. And I remember sitting in these beatings being like, I only lasted like six months at that company. I was like, this, oh, wow. is, good. this is a lawsuit waiting yeah. to fucking happen.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of them, there are some problems. That's why it is um, important to like be very careful about which one you want to choose to work for. Yeah. But I know even with this one, you hear like so many sad stories of like families who just, you know, it's their own like kid or their own like nephew or whatever. And they just neglect them or yeah, literally don't take care of them. So they have to do, like, checkups all the time, which is good now, you know, because they need it. But there's just a lot of sad stories that you hear, just so many of them, like, like dying, being found dead, just neglected or, yeah, so it's sad. And it's their own family, sometimes not even the company doing it, it's their own family. So, yeah, it's sad, I know. I feel like with this business, it's hard. There's a lot of, like, different aspects that go to it. It can be really fun and a blessing, but there are a lot of difficulties, too, like you were saying, either through the company or other families, other stories you hear, so,
0: yeah. I'm proud to announce that the podcast is now officially sponsored by the fine people over at chop chili company. Guys, this is some of the best chili you can get here in the state of New Mexico, and they are online as well as in stores. They can be found at Smith's Albertsons, sprouts, John Brooks and Lowe's corner market. They have three amazing flavors that you see here. And they also have frozen green chili that you can get online. Go on over to the website, chopchilico.com and get yourself some amazing chili today. Well, and there's people obviously like your mother and your grandmother and you, you know, there's, there's people that are just, they are, part of them is meant to do this, mm-hmm. right? They are built for it. That's yeah. the personality they have. um, And they're able to go out and do that. And I mean, I'm, I'm not that guy. That's why I was in management so often mm-hmm. uh, well, the whole time. Uh, Cause I was, I was more than happy to like, like help out and like run the houses properly and stuff like that. I had a lot of fun with my uh, with I, I, I had a few patients that I really enjoyed, um, but I learned a lot about myself, mm-hmm. and I learned I had a lot of patients issues at the time. A lot of them got resolved very quick. Yeah, But um, yeah, it was what drove me out of it, aside from like some just blatant corruption that I ran into, was the lack of, they get it, it was COVID, we just had to get people in, you had to just fill shifts and like get bodies in there for caregivers. Yeah. But some of the people these guys were hiring, I was like, what the fuck? Okay, so you're hiring these people, and then you're surprised that the, that medication's going missing?
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And you're surprised yeah. that, like, I mean, there were people... I'm not making this up. We had a caregiver smoke meth with a couple of the patients at this last what? company I worked at. Oh, I am not making that up.
1: That's horrible.
0: Yeah, because they had a lot of... Like, one of the houses that I had at this last company, Um, they... They were very drug-seeking individuals, and part of the company's or the state's policy is depending on like what uh, their—I forget the acronym for it—like basically their care plan. Mm -hmm. If they're allowed, if they're allowed to leave on their own volition, you can't stop them. Mm -hmm. And there's only like a time period. It's like okay, now I have to file missing persons, and now I have to this, that, and the other. But I mean, they'll go find meth, come back, and then the caregiver is helping out with it. It's like what the fuck,
1: dude? That's sad. Yeah. It's just so many of them like get taken advantage of like that or just people take on the job for the money and they don't do it like for the person. You yes. know? Just it's selfish. Man, that's sad.
0: Yeah, it's it was crazy. I don't know. And then I worked for a private care, which was basically like I mean it was a it was a private company up in the heights and basically mm-hmm. was just can't take care of a bunch of rich people like mm-hmm. Tanawan and stuff like that. And that was a fine company. But, um, I mean, and and they had their issues too, but it was, it was a little bit better because they had, they could afford to pay a little bit better. So they got like the better carriers. And there were people that joined that company and would stick with families for years. Yeah. Like it was literally from the moment that care was needed until the person passed away. Mm -hmm. So that was really nice to see.
1: Yeah.
0: Obviously. Um, change subjects a little bit. (laughs) Um, how long have you been modeling for?
1: Um, okay. I've been modeling for about like three years. Yeah, since like 2020. Couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I've always like liked to take my own pictures just like with my iPhone. My sister and my cousin will always just take pictures of me and but I would say professionally with a photographer like yeah, in 2020 was my first time.
0: Okay. So just, yeah. What got you into it? Because that's I feel like that's one of those art like art forms or like genres where that's so far out there in like the <laughs> in the ether is like, "Oh, if you if you even want to do that, how do you get into it? Like, how do you even approach that? Yeah. So what made you want to do it in the first place?
1: I guess I never, like, pictured myself modeling. I never, like, thought, oh, I want to be a model. I just, like I said, I've always liked to take my own pictures. And then um, a photographer reached out to me one day on Instagram and asked me if I wanted to shoot. So I was like, okay, sure. So I just tried it. And then I ended up loving it. And I think, I don't know, I just, like, felt super confident in front of the camera right away. And that's what made me like want to pursue it more, you know? So I was like, okay, I kind of like this. So I think that's what made me want to get into it.
0: When did it become like professional for you? Like getting like with Um, an agency or a company or something like that. Like when did it start becoming more, more and more professional?
1: I think I always wanted to take it seriously from the start. So I always tried to be professional as possible, but... Um, I got signed with DME Talent Agency and MMG based in New York and LA. That just happened recently this year. Congratulations. So, thank you. Thanks. So, yeah, I'm very thankful for that. That was such a big blessing. So now that's definitely pushing me to take it like even further and do, um, you know, a lot bigger stuff, work with a lot bigger brands, a lot bigger shows and travel more. So I'm kind of dipping my toes into that. And yeah, it's been awesome.
0: So, and I saw that you went like, the and I know nothing about this. Like <laughs> I don't know anything about this industry or like what it's like to live that <laughs> life. Um so I'm very curious. Um you went to like LA Fashion Week and mm-hmm. like so what was which one came first, LA or New York?
1: Um New York was first because that one was in February and then I did LA Fashion Week in March. So those were kind of back to back. Um yeah, that was super awesome. New York was kind of scary because you have to go out to the casting and cast for it first before you're actually like put in the show. So you just kind of have to like have your fingers crossed and hope that a designer likes you, you know, and picks you. So yeah, thank God that there was a designer there that just saw me and at the casting and chose me. And that was amazing. So yeah, so I got to walk for New York Fashion Week.
0: So were you like, when you showed up, were you there and there was just like 50 plus other people oh, just gosh. waiting was- to get
1: way more than there's a couple hundred Hundreds, yeah. yeah and there was like three days of casting as well holy shit. so you were competing with so many people that's why i was like oh my gosh like it was it was very scary going into that because you either get chosen or you don't you know yeah. so thank god that somebody chose me so
0: well, what's going through your head when you're going through that week that three days of casting
1: oh gosh um i think when i first show up i always try not to like <clears throat> excuse me I always try not to, like, overthink it or think about it too much because that's when I get nervous. So I just go into it, like, st- a step at a time. So when you first show up to that casting, I just see hundreds of people in line. So I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to chill in line. You know, I just distract myself on my phone. I try not to get nervous. And then that way, like, as soon as you step out and then you see all the designers and everybody, I'm just like, all right, like, I don't know. I, like, I try not to overthink it, and I just try to go in there confident. And I never really feel too nervous, which is cool. Are and- you
0: like interviewing or casting or doing this in front of representatives of brands or of like the fashion week, like, like company that puts it on, like who puts it's, on. It's the... kind of both. Okay. Yeah.
1: So whoever's like hosting the fashion show. um And then yeah, designers will be there because they want to see the models in person. And that's when kind of like when they choose their models in okay. person. Yeah.
0: And are they having like walk up and down a, a runway or are they like speaking to you like interview style? Or?
1: Um, no, it's never really interview. Uh, so you you'll, you will usually bring like a comp card and then they'll give you Which like is... a number. A comp card has like uh, your photos showing different styles. So you'll have like natural, you'll have like super high fashion, maybe like a rocker, whatever, you know, so like different um, styles of photo shoots and then they will have all of your measurements. And then like contact, uh, contact information. So you'll turn that into them. And then some of them, yeah, they'll have you walk like down a runway or just like something, you know, a random room set up. They'll just have you walk. Um, sometimes it's like back and forth or just straight down. They're all kind of different. Um, so yeah. And then you either like get an email back or they'll let you know there in person on the spot if you're picked or not. Oh. So yeah, <laughs> sometimes you're waiting or sometimes you get to know right away. So fuck yeah. that. I know it's pretty nerve wracking. <laughs> it's very nerve wracking. It's a, it's a very hard industry, well, but
0: obviously you did well and I'm very happy <laughs> to hear that. I'm Thanks. happy for you. I just, I mean, I've heard, I've heard so many interviews and in podcasts with various actors and actresses that mm-hmm. talk about kind of the same thing with going in front of casting directors for all these roles and mm-hmm. like. of their experience is getting rejected. Yeah. And you just have to have like the mental to say, no, I I just got told no tonight, but uh, maybe in five minutes I won't get told no. Exactly. It's just this revolving door of just how mentally there can you be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big thing is to not give up because I feel like there's always a point, no matter what you're doing, um, you always like feel stuck. There's a time where you feel stuck. And I think that's the time where you need to push even harder and just i feel like that's where you have an opportunity waiting around the corner and you just can't give up if it's something that you really want to pursue something you want to take seriously then yeah like if you get rejected if you get told no just brush it off your shoulder go to the next one there's always going to be castings there's always going to be opportunities always going to be new people to talk to so yeah like you just can't get hurt or take it too personal if you get rejected or told no
0: because it is business yeah, and, exactly. And, I, and again, as much as I could not imagine myself being in those casting rooms as the person being interviewed or uh, looked at for whatever it is that you're going for, I almost feel bad for the people interviewing and casting. <laughs> well, because you got to think, like, you're sitting through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and then it's like, oh, I've been through so many shitty people. I just want to <laughs> go home. I'm so fucking yeah. done with this. Yeah, and,
1: that's true. So
0: what... Uh, what type of modeling opportunities are there here in Albuquerque? Is that something you do? I mean, it, there's not many. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say because because well, one of the common denominators that I that I hear from both musicians and comedians here when I talk to them is like the marketing here for those. Uh, entertainment fields is next to no. I mean, you're friends with the slums. You I mean yeah. yeah I mean, I'm sure they've told you yeah, they're awesome. and your sister. Oh, shout out to your sister, by the way, for putting us in into contact with each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> I
1: know. She's like, I should go with you. He's been wanting to talk to me too. And I was like, Come on, but yeah, I know, yeah, she's awesome too. Yeah,
0: and, and speaking of the slums, um, because I I saw your page and I and it, what I love about Instagram now is now that I've had this podcast. Most people that I go to on their page, it says followed by blah 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 oh, and yeah. like fifty other people.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and
0: I saw the slums, and uh, Leroy has nothing but amazing things to say about you.
1: Oh, so that's very, so nice. He, he was
0: like, Aww. "Yeah, she's she's been like one of our music videos. She's <laughs> one of the nicest people we've ever met. Aww. You should definitely sit down." I was like, "That's the seal of approval oh. right there." Oh, Thanks, yeah.
1: Leroy. Much love. <laughs> oh, that was super sweet. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, Aww. it's the
0: truth. Um, mm. but I mean. I mean, even they'll tell you that, like, they have to do all their own marketing and a lot of yeah. the venues don't do their own stuff. And then mm-hmm. so you scale that down a bit further for modeling. Like, what? You don't really hear about that a whole lot.
1: Yeah. I would say um, the best opportunity here in New Mexico is working with Santa Fe Indian Fashion Week. That's going to be starting in like May. It's the Santa Fe Indian market. Um, they are awesome. They're obviously based in Santa Fe. They put on a really big show. They work with. Really good people, really big designers. Um, So that's like a really good opportunity for modeling. But other than that, there's just not, yeah, too many opportunities. You got to like travel a lot if you want to work with bigger people. You know, there's a lot of really, really amazing photographers. But I would say like brand wise, like um, fashion show wise, you got to travel a lot.
0: Yeah, I would imagine a lot of things you're doing here is self-curated and really like marketing yourself out on social media. Yeah, definitely. How do you grow your social media for this type of stuff other <laughs> than the hard. other than the obvious right of yeah. like posting pictures of stuff like that because again it's like every time i open instagram you're doing something new which is <laughs> badass
1: oh thanks so whether
0: it's like the oh what was it the, i had messaged you about it the uh the, the bunch of ties
1: oh yeah either, like either
0: that or you're dressed up like a fucking cheetah so, <laughs> <laughs> like i appreciate oh, the man. creativity i do yeah <laughs>
1: so, i know some of those ideas like Either the photographer will come up with, I'll come up with, or it's just a collab, you know? So, like, no matter what, it's just always magic that we make, and it's super cool. I've worked, like I said, with some amazing photographers here in New Mexico, and they're super creative, and then I'll be creative, and we just come together, and it's we make something awesome.
0: How do you choose your photographers?
1: Um, either they'll reach out to me, or I'll find a really good one, but yeah, a lot of them find me on Instagram, and they'll DM me. Um, my brother also does photography and videography, so he knows a bunch of people too.
0: Bunkhouse Studios, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. I, I, if this comes out and I still haven't rescheduled with you, I promise (laughs) I'm going to. I'm just busy. I promise
1: I'm going to. Oh. Well, because I was
0: going to go down there and do a pod with them, but I guess you guys had a a family wedding. (laughs) Yes. And so we had to reschedule, and I, I'm going to. I promise. (laughs) I'm just fucking busy as shit. I'm sorry.
1: I know. So, yeah, so is he. We had two family weddings, actually. So, back to back. I know. It's crazy.
0: But, um, I had a buddy of mine on, uh, last week and he's a photographer and we were talking like mm-hmm. how, how he builds trust between himself and the model. Cause yeah. there's a, there's a bit of like intimacy there, like in the outset, right? He's mm-hmm. being, he's being very vulnerable. How do you, as a model, how do you allow trust to be built between you and a photographer?
1: Yes. I think that's a big thing. It's very important when you are shooting with a photographer, You have to like check them out first, especially as a girl, you know, you want to know like who you're going to be facing, especially doing a photo shoot. So I definitely check out like their Instagram. You can even reach out to other models who you see have shot with them and ask them how their experience was. But once you're there, I just feel like a big thing is, yeah, obviously conversation, like before you start shooting, like really just getting to know the person. And then I feel like that's how you get more comfortable behind the camera too, And, yeah, you just want to know who you're shooting with. So I just feel like conversation and then obviously, like, checking them out first and just doing your research, making sure that, yeah, you know who you're.
0: Is that a constant in the back of your head? Like, who am I choosing? Is this, like, a good, like, not just a good photographer, but just a good person? Is this someone I'm willing to not only be in the same room with, but I'm willing to attach my name to? Like, is that, like, a constant in the back of your head? Because I would imagine just, like, pretty much any other interaction and any other, like, really just part of life mm-hmm. it's weighed a bit heavier on women than makes i mean uh i remember having a conversation with my ex like years and years ago where i was like yeah i kind of just talking about grocery shopping mm-hmm. like yeah i just throw my headphones on just walk through the grocery store get my business done and leave i just <laughs> i don't really give a fuck i just yeah. zone out and she's like yeah i wish i could do that yeah and i was like what do you what do you, you can like what do you and then obviously mm-hmm. my ignorance as a
1: fuck i was like 22
0: at that point yeah. you know my ignorance as a 22 year old guy's like oh that that makes sense yeah. so that's something kind of in the back of your head as someone who not only is going to put yourself out there meet new people but then there's like the the risk of the unknown i guess yeah.
1: yes exactly there's always the risk of the unknown and yeah like i was saying like you just never know who you're shooting with and like if you've never met them before so yeah like you definitely have to be careful like they could be a great photographer, but like, are they doing it for the right reasons? You know, what are their intentions behind the photography? You know, like, so you just have to be very careful, especially as a girl. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't even fucking imagine. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. And I know there's there's bad things and like I mean, assaults that happen towards men for sure. But again, mm-hmm. that's just obviously a part of that industry. I'd imagine that scales so much heavier against women. Yeah. It's kind of hard not to. Yeah. Um, so New York. I do wanna close that out. So what so you get casted? What and how long were you out there for was it really just literally a full week, like seven days of
1: Um, so I was out there for a while, but that's because the casting and the show dates were a couple days apart. Okay. So I think the casting was on like uh the third or the fourth, and then the show days weren't until like the seventh, eighth, and ninth. So you can it depends on the designers and how many choose you. So you could walk one day, two days, three days more you know it just depends how many designers choose you so i only walked one day so i'm super thankful for even that so i just walked one day um but yeah i was there for probably like almost two weeks like a week and a half Holy shit! yeah because i had to wait I, for the casting and then wait to find out if i got casted and then i had to wait for the show day so oh yeah. so
0: they had to email you
1: um yeah i didn't find out until later how so.
0: how what was what was the time period between okay uh casting like interview like process is done and then you get the email
1: I think I got it the that night. Oh, okay. I can't remember if it was That's that night or either. that morning. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was not that long of a wait at all.
0: I'm sure it was a little so. bit nerve-wracking, though, waiting on that email. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Honestly, after the casting, I started crying to my dad because I was like, I don't think I did good. Like, I was so hard on myself. I, I remember crying to him because I was so worried. I was so nervous. I just didn't want to, like, fly all the way out there and then not get picked, and then we're out there for no reason, you know? Right. So, well, I mean, yeah. it's an
0: experience, though.
1: Yeah. And, and it's, it's
0: something to put under your belt. And it's like, okay, well, this is maybe where, because I feel like there's, if you don't get picked, even if you do, there's so many unknowns. It's like, yeah. well, okay, why did this happen or why didn't it happen? Yeah. Because uh, are, you, are you born and raised here in Albuquerque? Yes. What is that your first time to New York? Yeah. That what was your first time? Was like a culture. I've yet to go to New York. Was <sighs> it like a huge Especially not just going to New York. And getting an airbnb and just seeing the touristy <laughs> stuff no you're going out there for business and like big business
1: <laughs> yeah like nationally recognized business oh gosh oh gosh we still did all the touristy stuff <laughs> oh, too sure. though because yeah. we had a lot of days too so no yeah new york was awesome it's just like a whole different world out there like i don't know a lot of people don't like it because it's super busy and loud but i loved it like there's just, just...
0: Fit your personality
1: yeah, kind of. I'm into both. I'm I'm okay with like the busy and loud, but I'm also like a homebody and I, or just like the peace and quiet in the mountains or on the ocean, you know, like I'm, I'm can be anywhere. I'm yeah. chilling anywhere. But New York was just awesome. There's just so much to do. The people are so entertaining. And honestly, the people there were like the nicest ever.
0: That is not what you hear about New York. <laughs> I know. Especially post COVID. Like you hear yeah. all these cycles on the news, like New York is back. <laughs> it's violent again. It's scary. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's like okay. that was not my experience over there. <laughs> oh, everyone was so nice. Even we, we, I remember my family was talking about it so much because we were like, I thought everyone here was going to be mean. But no, everyone was super nice. And I was like, I love it here. So yeah,
0: I thought everybody used to be slapping taxis all day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, bro, these people are awesome. Yeah, this is what, it you, what I was expecting.
0: Outside of the business stuff, what did you get to go do when you were out there?
1: Oh, gosh, we did a lot. We saw the Statue of Liberty and we got to like walk up all the way to the top of it. Um, We took a ferry down and that was super fun. And then, oh, we went to this place called The Edge and it's like a hundred stories up on this building and you take an elevator all the way up and then you walk out and it's literally like a platform that hangs off of the building. It's literally an edge that hangs off. And then the floor is glass. I
0: was gonna say, is that the one with the glass floor? Yes. Okay.
1: Oh my gosh, that was awesome. I was literally laying flat on my stomach looking down because I was like, it looked like you were flying. It was <laughs> so cool. Yeah. And
0: you immediately went back to the hotel and took a fifteen minute shower and decrums yes, all the feet. Yes, don't
1: worry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> from all the
1: feet don't you worry. gave me. I didn't <laughs> even care. I was like, yo, this is so awesome. Yeah, I was just living. So that's sick. There's a lot we did. Yeah, there's a lot of good food. We uh, went on bike rides through central park that was super fun yeah there's a lot we did so that's sick yeah
0: so i really want to go out there I also mm-hmm. it's like the statue of liberty and like mm-hmm. the 9 11 memorial and stuff like that oh yeah that. we went but to that
1: too mm-hmm. that's
0: is it as eerie as everyone says it is
1: that was amazing it's huge like it was ginormous but yeah it was honestly super sad you're just standing there like looking at all the names and you're like dang like, yeah. it, that makes it so real, you know, like, just seeing it. I don't know. That made it super real. It's crazy.
0: Well, no, that's that's a good point, because I feel like a lot of people recognize tragedy, but they see, it's a good thing, mm-hmm. but especially in America, 95% of the tragedy you see in your life is on TV or on your phone. Yeah, exactly. So there's a bit of distance and disconnect there, mm-hmm. rather than actually, you know, going and, like, whether you're seeing Memorial, I mean, obviously, you don't want anyone to actually be there when it's fucking happening, but yeah. to actually be in the... The area where it happened. Yeah. That adds more, obviously more context, but it makes it more real, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would just, I would love to go to New York just for the comedy alone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm a fucking comedy dork. Yeah. So I would spend a week and a half, two weeks there just going to all the, com- all the different comedy rooms and oh. all that shit.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I, yeah, you do do comedy, huh? Like you just started doing comedy shows? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why the with quotations. With quotations. Yes. Why the quotation? I've been to
0: a couple of open mics and bombed more than I've done well. So, Aww. yeah. But hey, it's a lot of fun. It's,
1: yeah, and it takes practice, you know? Yeah. Like you're not going to – it doesn't happen overnight, you know? And so. that's
0: what I keep telling myself as I make the long – see, if you do – I've found my very short time doing – because I did it for a little bit in the summer, but then I just got so busy – with um with the podcast and then i had surgery and so i was down for a bit and Mm -hmm. but as i was coming out of surgery i I was doing like three or four podcasts a week and so i just didn't have time to go out and do them Mm because i mean just like albuquerque is not a huge like we're barely an entertainment city yeah you know what i mean like it's slowly coming back or like starting up and really taking off post-covid yeah but we're barely an entertainment city and i'm honestly kind of shocked that there's five open mics a week but you compare that to somewhere like new york or mm-hmm. la or now austin where there's like there's opportunities for an open mic to do it four times at night
1: oh yeah you
0: know what i mean yeah so i was i just didn't have time to do it but now that i'm starting to do it again you know <laughs> a, a 15 minute drive home after doing well feels like five yeah cloud nine yeah fucking amazing <laughs> oh,
1: i might be able to do this
0: <laughs> bombing that is like an You might as well be driving from here to Santa Fe. It is such a long drive.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Dang it. Yeah. That sucks. Well...
0: But it's a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think you still got to be grateful for the bombings, too, because I feel like you learn a lot from that, you know?
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: You learn the crowd. You learn what not to do. And then that's when you learn what you're good at. Like... And like you said, it's an experience. Every single time is an opportunity to just keep growing. So, it's okay.
0: Exactly. And what I'm really finding in Albuquerque is some jokes work really well in one room, but yeah. they do horrible in other rooms. <laughs> and I am learning that not a lot of my jokes fly over well with the uh, extremely liberal types. Uh. And so now it's like, cause I can look at that cause I've become very fortunate to become friends with a lot of comedians here in town. Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to meet these guys because one, they're a good hang. Yeah. They are hilarious people, like <laughs> actually funny people, right? Just naturally charismatic individuals. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I get to see kind of like, okay, this guy is. I'm sure you, 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 if you haven't already, you'll find this in in modeling. Like these people are three years, five years, ten years ahead of me. Mm-hmm. This is where their mindset is. This is how they're thinking. This is how I can be able to pretty much like learn from what they're doing, learn from how they're acting, that sort of thing. Yeah. And a lot of complaints here is like, oh well, like Albuquerque's too liberal. I can't do my material, or I can't. Okay, maybe. Maybe. Maybe you do have objectively funny things that only work well in like oh, like rooms where people are, are a little more open-minded or you maybe you do play to a more right-wing crowd. Sure, fine. Yeah. Whatever's your flavor. Or maybe, and this is what I'm trying to adopt, is like maybe that's an opportunity for you to learn how to write different material for different places. Because yeah. I'd imagine for most people, whether it's just entertainment, general, whether you're a musician, comic, model, you want to be able to do your art anywhere you can.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, a- well, almost anywhere that'll have you, yeah. right? That's worth your time and obviously as your skill grows, the the monetary uh, compensation grows with it. You want to be able to do that everywhere. And you don't want to put yeah. yourself in a box. Yeah. So why not just become a better writer? Yeah. And that's what I'm working on right ah, now. And I'm that's trying cool. to. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. Doing my best. Um <laughs> and I'm just I don't know, like I was never a good public speaker growing Mm -hmm. up like i was the kid that if i would i would like fake being sick if i had to give the (laughs) if i had to give the speech i just turned the speech in as a paper you know um
1: scary yeah
0: it's fucking back then for me but now i don't know i I think it's because like i don't have to like i'm not being forced to do it yeah like i'm not being forced to say why penguins are my favorite animal or something like that you know what i mean it's like no i get to go (laughs) up and for anywhere between Three to five minutes. I'm just gonna talk shit, and sadly, you people have to hear. it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to hear the nonsense that's gonna fall out of my mouth. <laughs> so it's, but yeah, I would love to go to New York and see all that shit. Yeah, it'd be so much fun. Um, so who did you uh like walk for, model for, like the brand?
1: Um, his name is Le Hairs. If I'm saying that correctly, <laughs> Le okay. Hairs. Yeah. Um, French, he's, Italian. Um. Uh no,
0: the is, I don't think so. okay, okay, the leg just makes me think French. <laughs> yeah, or Italian, maybe
1: so, it is. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know too much history behind it, but yeah, you just it's like a very brief interaction. You just meet the designer to like put on the clothes and then you walk. You know, but yeah, so I work. I walked for them, but yeah, he was super awesome. He was super cool. I got to talk to him for a, a few minutes, um trying on the clothes. But that's
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah. What was that cool. experience like? I feel like that's just so like fast paced and like like moving 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 and like
1: well it depends too i feel like right before a show like right before you're about about to go on it's chaotic it is but you are also getting there at like 8 a.m and then the show is not until like 4 and then hair and makeup like you're literally waiting around for hours upon hours for hair and makeup and then as soon as the show comes on that's when it's like chaos like yeah
0: yeah. how how uh how long before you actually get on a, uh, a runway are you doing hair and makeup and all that?
1: Um, every show is different, but yeah, you usually show up pretty early. Like, you, they'll do your makeup at like. 9 a.m but you're not walking until like 5 or 6 p.m so your makeup's all crusty before the show (laughs) i was just say,
0: how do you even maintain that
1: i know that's why you got to like bring your own makeup and just do touch-ups right before you go on but it's because there's so many models that they need to do so that's why you need to show up super early and then people like show up late and then yeah sometimes designers still need to do fittings that day or alterations or whatever you know
0: so Obviously, I'd, I'd imagine you have to practice, like, the way you walk and the way you present and stuff like that before you show up. Yeah. Um, Are you doing – were you ever doing training uh, and practice for that privately on your own? Like, did you hire a coach or, like, something your management did for you? What What's that like? Um,
1: I've actually, like, never taken a class, never been trained by anybody. I take a lot of inspiration just from, like, a model that I like. Like for example, Bella Hadid, I love her walk. So I take a lot of inspiration from her and I literally just practice nonstop. Like anybody who's asked me for advice on my walk, I tell them you need to practice, practice, practice because you need to know what you look like when you're out there and you need to feel comfortable when you're out there. So you need to practice in front of a mirror constantly. Like I said, take inspiration from somebody and like use that. That way you like feel confident in your walk too. It needs to be like a powerful, confident walk. So like I said, you need to know what you look like when you're out there. So constantly be practicing. I'll be, like, in the middle of a Walmart, just strutting it, just practicing, you know? Like, I'll go home and practice in the mirror. Like, it's just, yeah, that way, that's how you get just really confident.
0: What What draws you to her specifically?
1: I just feel like she just has, like, a powerful walk. She has a strong face, and then she just has a powerful walk. She just looks so confident and she just looks like i don't know like a powerful confident woman and i like that and that's what yeah. i want to look like on the runway
0: yeah i mean you should you <laughs> showed up with a blazer so that's obviously what you, what you embody so <laughs> oh good for gosh. you thank good, you yeah good for you um so when you're looking at I, I, I imagine too you have to actively seek out what a bad looks like yeah right so what does bad look like in, in your opinion
1: oh gosh in my opinion i feel like everybody's different but in my opinion Like, arms are a big thing. Like, you need to learn to keep arms, like, behind your hips, but they just can't be too swingy. Like, you'll see girls walking out there, like, their arms swinging everywhere.
0: So you can't be Gumby is what you're saying? Yeah,
1: pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Or there's girls who are the opposite. They're like a robot, you know, and they, like, are super stiff. So you need to have, like, that perfect in-between, like... Learn to keep your arms on your side, but also know how to, like, have the perfect sway with your arms, like, to strut it, you know? Right. Yeah, I know it's hard. It's hard learning a walk.
0: So, this is a a question I've had just about the industry in general, I guess. Um, From, like, a designer perspective and from, like, at the end of the day, at least in my opinion, again, I don't know shit about modeling, but (laughs) at the end of the day, it looks like all of those – Shows are just really, really fancy commercials for their new lines of clothing they're putting out. Yeah. So how much of it is you're putting your own personality into walking Mm -hmm. and then how much of it is I'm a conduit for this new piece of art?
1: I see. I would say every walk has to be unique to yourself. I feel like you yourself shows through your walk. So like that's how some people like you say have a strong, confident walk. Some people have like a soft walk. That like I would say, you're obviously there to represent the clothes. You're there to make the clothes look good. So I was
0: gonna say, was I right anywhere about that? Like were those those um, fashion events are just really big, like commercial events.
1: Like, uh, kind of, yeah. Like, yeah, they're there to like represent the clothes, you know? Yeah. Like their new line. Um, there's people there in the audience, um, that could buy it, you know, they're there for sale. Some of them, some of them are from like a museum even. Oh wow. So yeah, I've walked, um, for Santa Fe Indian market and I remember our pieces were from a museum and that was super awesome.
0: I think I saw you post about that too. Was that like, were you wearing a big like a uh, headpiece. Yes, that was okay. Santa Fe
1: and Dean Market. Okay. Um, but that okay. was not the museum piece. That one uh, was the second show I done for them. The museum piece was the first show. Okay. but yeah, they're the same the same right. people.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sorry to cut you off, but no, you were no. saying
1: Yeah, you're not cutting me off. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um no,
0: just about um you're saying your personality shows through in the way that you're um showing off pieces of clothing that you're wearing does do different personalities, I'm trying to figure out how to word this properly do different personalities fit different pieces of fashion better? Like, would would it serve... Like, let say you have style A. Yeah. yeah I, I have to done this down for myself. So, style A, <laughs> that is better served by, a, like, your style. Mm-hmm. Like, strong, powerful, uh, like, upright, like, very... Yeah. Uh, not mechanical, but very, like, purpose-filled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then style B... Not uh, not this is anything worse, but style B is like more soft, like you're describing. Is mm-hmm. that Does that exist where different pieces of clothing really need a different personality?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, the designer also kind of tells you how they want you to walk before you go out. Oh, some no of them shit. do. Um, so they'll tell you, you know, walk really slow, walk really elegant, more soft, you know. Some of them will tell you that. And then some of them will be like, I want you to do like upbeat, fast, confident, powerful walk. And then... Yeah, they're all different, Um, but like you were saying about the personality thing, I think, like, posing is big on the personality thing, too, because, like I said, you're there to make the clothing look good. So, like, your personality will come out if you have, like, a flowy dress and you want to, like, flow it around, you know. That's when you can show, like, your elegance in movement and your strong posing or however it is, you know. That's when you can really, like, let yourself come through. Because, like I said, some girls are really, like, robotic or very – I don't know, just not very confident in posing. And I feel like that's when your personality can show.
0: And that's your moment at the end, like at the very end of the runway yeah. and trying to come back. So how yeah. long, generally speaking, how long do you have to like, you strike your pose, you do that and then turn around and?
1: Um, I would say just a couple seconds. Um, but because you can't take forever, obviously, the person behind you will catch up. So you gotta time it good. You have to be <laughs> like, yeah, you have to be aware of all your surroundings. So, have you ever
0: seen that where there's like a traffic jam on yes, the runway? Yes. It's like, Get the fuck out of my way.
1: <laughs> yes, it's so annoying. <laughs> and you're
0: just barreling or, through people. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or sometimes the girl or whoever's posing will be up there and just taking forever, and you're like, okay, like, and then you'll be the one behind them, and then you look like you messed up, you know? Right. So you got to learn how to time it perfectly too. So you'll just you'll go up there, you pose, but you got to remember that you're there for the close. So like I said, if you have a dress, you got to like do the perfect flow you have a jacket pockets whatever that's your moment so own it but you just have to hit like oppose two three most and then turn around and go you know
0: interesting do you so. have time to practice with what you're wearing before you go up or is it just like you throw it on get out there
1: um you have a at least for new york, bit of time at least for yeah. new york new york um no they just kind of like threw it on us we knew what we were wearing from the They had us go to a fitting before, but we didn't really have time to like practice it. Okay. But yeah, they just kind of like throw it on you. Um, When you're waiting for your turn for your brand to go on, your line to go on, then you can kind of practice in line. But yeah, you don't have like a lot of time. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes you do. (laughs) This whole
0: thing just is just so like out of this universe to me. It's like the only and it is not comparable, but the only thing that I can think of that I've ever done is the beginning of last year in March, I did a physique competition. Oh. And that was the strangest thing I have ever <laughs> fucking, because I grew up loving bodybuilding. Like yeah. that, that's my, it's, it goes that and then boxing. Like those yeah. are my favorite sports. Oh, that's cool. And, and like my, my father's not a great person, but one of the, things he raised me on was like comic books and like the old school 80s like actually like Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger and all that stuff and so obviously I'm like six years old getting indoctrinated by pumping iron and (laughs) so I'm seeing these massive freaks I'm like I want to be like that one day you know what I mean and My family swears up and down he was never on gear, but thinking back, my dad loved his steroids. Yeah. Like there was no fucking way he did. And so but anyway, so in the last year I was or beginning of last year, I was like, Yeah, I think I'm gonna do it. And a buddy of mine who's an actual like pro natural bodybuilder, he was like, Yeah, I'll train you. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, let's do it. And I love him to death. I love Poncho. He's he's from Mexico, but now he lives in Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh and I remember, I mean, the process was sick, but then actually getting there like show day. <laughs> the weirdest thing I have ever seen in God. my world. It was so because it's just a bunch of dudes oiled and oranged up and all the tanner. Yep. Half naked walking around. <laughs> Same thing with the ladies, but they like I felt I felt bad. It's like for the men, like they're we're all dehydrated, we're all malnourished, like that's a thing. Yeah. But it's like it looked like the pain was turned up to like 15 for the women. I felt so bad for them. Aww. And then, and then also, like, and they looked like, obviously, for those standards, they looked fucking great. Yeah. Again, not healthy, yeah. not maintainable, <laughs> but they looked great. And I remember, I'll never forget this. It was so very unorganized and it was like not the best ran show because the, the no. company was kind of crappy, oh. but they they didn't even give us an itinerary. Like, I, oh. I remember the night before, I'm like refreshing my email, my. My buddy's doing the same thing, and we've got nothing. We show up the day of is at the chemo, and they had us all stuffed into the basement of the chemo, and so it's like dark and damp, and <laughs> oh what the fuck no. is going on? Have you been down there?
1: I've it's... been there once, okay, but it's... not in the basement. <laughs> yeah, the basement's not fun,
0: and it's, it's it's like half the lights didn't work, and like so they had us down there, and they all call us into the hallway, and we're, they're talking to us, and they're like, okay, uh, here's the itinerary for the day, and like this is like the eleventh hour. Mm-hmm. They are. Telling people when they're gonna go on stage, and people are like timing water. They're timing, funny enough, Sour Patch Kids because <laughs> yeah. So I guess the science behind it is the Sour Patch Kid uh, candy is a uh, a simple carbohydrate, and so you eat that, your body produces it into glycogen, goes into the muscle, makes you look more full. You can't obviously just get like the the crazy like five pound bag and just shove <laughs> it down. But what my co- my coach brought me. Uh, It was rice cakes with honey on them, and then it was these little like uh, like Halloween style bags of sour patch kids. (laughs) So people are like timing food, timing water, all just trying like pumping up that type of stuff, and so the okay the men are going da 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 da, and uh, the women will start at two thirty, and it is eight o'clock in the morning.
1: (gasps) Wow,
0: and they there's just this crowd of malnourished women uh, that just shut down, uh, and I felt so bad. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> the half sucks. half men and women half look like uh, they're about to pass out. Yeah, I mean you and you can go on YouTube and watch compilation videos.
1: Yeah, of
0: bodybuilders, male and female, passing out on stage. Oh man, because of how dehydrated their bodies, are, especially the ones that are on gear, right? And they're taking yeah. these um, uh, these diuretics. They're just completely mm-hmm. flushing out their system, making them so dry that like a paper cut is just going to end it. Oh you know what gosh, I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, the reason I bring this up is I remember getting on stage and you're talking about like you're posing and yeah. I didn't practice that for shit. and I definitely <laughs> should have. Yeah, and my coach was, more. that was the only thing my coach, does, my buddy was disappointed me. And he, he was like, <laughs> you need to practice more, asshole. We yeah. did fine. But, <laughs> but you know, I, remember, I remember standing up there thinking like I look like a, dumbass this is the most ridiculous thing i am basically a normal sized oompa loompa up here what? with with the rest of them we're all so damn orange oh man and uh, okay,
1: also yeah <laughs> and then
0: like when you <laughs> i saw the footage because i saw like I, I was like i watched competitions so i to see how they go yeah but it, i never realized how ridiculous it was because like sometimes what they'll do like throughout the posing is like okay number 37 number 18 switch places and so like you have to like maintain your like like you're flexing and like you're posing and shit so when you have to like identify to each other what number you are you like look down the aisle and you're like a robot <laughs> oh it, my god the most ridiculous fucking thing i've ever oh been a part
1: man. of
0: man yeah and i it's funny because like i loved the <laughs> the process of it like i love like and it made me feel good to know that i have the ability man. to like the discipline to like lose that much weight and do like crazy shit. Yeah. So once I'm fully recovered, I'd like to do a real deep cut like that again. Mm -hmm. But my God, I, and then it's also so fucking expensive. You really? Um, yeah. yeah. And you, you don't have to put a dollar number to it, but what were the expenses like getting out there? Aside from like airfare and like, did, they, did any any company like pay for you to go out there or was it all on your own dime?
1: No, that one, because that show I was doing on my own. That one I was doing before I was signed to any agency. Okay. So that one, I was just trying to make it on my own, you know, so. Look at you, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, you did,
0: wait, 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 okay. Okay. I messed with the timeline in my head.
1: <laughs> so you
0: did New York without a without an agency holy fuck is that even a thing
1: yeah yeah you don't have to be signed to an agency to do shows um some of them you know if they want you to be signed to an agency then they'll require that but a lot of them don't so
0: how did did you apply
1: um it's called runway seven you could just uh go to like their instagram they have a link that you can click And you can apply on their website. No shit. And if they like you, then they'll send you an email. So, yeah.
0: I mean, I I know this is not a question you could answer 100% certain, but do you feel like there's a, not a bias, but you're more likely to get picked if you do have an agency rather than if you don't?
1: Um, maybe. I feel like when you have an agency, then they take you a little bit more seriously. There's
0: like a validity to what you're doing. You're yeah, not, You're not exactly. just someone who, you know, just some yeah, I'm the hot one. I'm <laughs> going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go do yeah. modeling. But yeah. then, and then you have someone like, you're like, no, I'm gorgeous, but I take this
1: seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, some of them require it because yeah, exactly like you said, but some of them don't because... They don't want to like deal with an agency, so like I said, it just depends. Like, that's
0: interesting. Yeah, you, you would think they'd want to.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. You would
0: think they would want to deal with an agency. Like yeah. That's why. And again, I never like I kind of understand why agencies exist. It's kind of shitty how people get treated inside of them. You know, with some with some of them. I've mm-hmm. just I've again just heard horror stories on like interviews yeah. and podcasts about yeah. how agencies have treated people, and shit, especially during like cancel culture and shit like that. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, you would think that would be like a preference. I'm glad you got picked without one. Don't don't get me wrong. (laughs) No, yeah, me too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) You're telling me.
0: (laughs) So, so you're out there. You're actually, you're about to step out on the runway. (laughs) What's like the last thought in your head before you're like game time, and you're just out? How long? How long was the walk actually before I?
1: Um, it wasn't too long. Max, it was probably like. 30 35 40 seconds quick like, right super quick yeah that new york's uh, runway was super short not super short but yeah i've done way longer i've done some that are like 100 feet long uh, so i know what? i know it's crazy so how long
0: was new york's then
1: uh i don't even know only maybe like uh i don't even know it was just quick <laughs> I yeah it was, yeah, I quick. was super fast i was only up there for like 30 40 seconds but, yeah, it was awesome. It was a great 30, 40 seconds. But I guess, like, the one thing going through my head right before I'm about to walk on, I don't know, I'm like, I just, I think that's when I, like, take a deep breath because that, like, rolls my shoulders back, and then I'm just like, all right. Yeah. I just take a deep breath. I'm not really, like, thinking anything. That so. makes sense.
0: I was yeah. going to say, is that, did you have to work on your posture like have you always had like naturally good posture? that you, no. you had to work on? I,
1: I, I probably I sit like this all the time. Same. And so, that's yeah. why I still like I, I'll be
0: like editing the podcast or I'll be like pulling reels and I'll see my I'll see myself like sometimes sometimes like this, but sometimes I have to consciously like
1: Yeah That's mm-hmm. better for the lower back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still have to remind myself all the time, but I've gotten so much better. Like I look at old pictures and I'm always like this, but now like it's in my head I kinda know like this. Yeah. So but yeah, I still catch myself doing that all the time.
0: <laughs> so 30 to 40 seconds up and down. Yeah. Do you feel relieved when you get off? Or is there something like, man, I should have done this better or this this um, wasn't right? Because And then you're not allowed to smile, right?
1: Um, most of the time, no, they want you serious. But sometimes they'll tell you, be flirty, you can smile. Like, What's
0: the mindset behind that?
1: Um, being flirty and like smiling, that's a little harder for me. I feel like I've always done more serious. Um, like I did, um, Latin fashion week in Colorado and they were like, okay, be flirty and smile. And it, I don't know. I feel like that's a little bit harder and you'd think it would be easier. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just like awkward, you know, it's just, you're just like, hey. yeah, it's super awkward. I like the more serious better.
0: Well, what's the um, mindset behind like, again, I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a model smile. On a runner, really? Ever <laughs> I don't think ever. So what's yeah. the is it just because that's like the common ground? That's neutral. It's like people can smile differently and people can like be flirty differently or have yeah. that's that there's more gray area and they want to eliminate
1: gray area? I think yeah, they're trying to eliminate all distractions maybe from the clothes. I yeah. feel like when you're more like happy smiling like that, then people are more looking at your face and you're there more to represent the clothes. That's my guess, but That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just, I just always thought it was so funny, like especially when like because, I mean, not you know watching fashion shows, like it's not my day to day thing, but in preparation for this, I did a little bit of YouTube rabbit holes, yeah. and I just saw a few that were hilarious to me, because <laughs> again, this is such a foreign subject It yeah. is not in my purview. So yeah. <laughs> And he just flipped where I was like, damn. Like yeah. okay. Is it that is it that serious? I guess it's that serious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, it is. Holy fuck. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> so you spend a week out in New York, and you said that was in January?
1: Um, February.
0: February. Mm-hmm. Cold as fuck.
1: It was pretty cold. <laughs> yes. I was so upset. Because I wanted to see Central Park when it was all like pretty and green, but it was still super cool. But yeah, it was cold. Yeah. So that
0: sucked. So you get back. And L.A.'s not until March, you said, right? Yeah, So about a March. month later. Yes. Did, between New York and L.A., did you get your uh, agency at that point?
1: I think I was signed in April. April,
0: so after. Oh, shit. So you yeah. did these two without.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think, um, I think MMG was in April, but then DME was like, I think I was in the process of it during L.A. Fashion Week. I think I got signed like the week after. Okay. so yeah back to back
0: What was the process of getting into LA then?
1: Um, that one was the same thing. you yeah. just like apply on their website send an email or something and then yeah if they like you a lot of them they'll choose you like there through the email and let you know okay yeah, you have this designer or some of them you have to go to the casting but um, that one I didn't have to go to a casting for thank God I was chosen beforehand. Oh so. shit yeah so so, that was you,
0: cool. so you're you're chosen like virtually.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then you can show up and then designers will see you in person and then you could have a couple more designers choose you. So you can walk you'll go out there thinking you're only walking twice and then you end up walking four times or five times. Yeah. You know?
0: How many times did you were you able to do that? Uh, um, for LA?
1: LA I walked. I think I had like five outfits out there. Oh shit. Yeah.
0: Different designers are all the same.
1: All different designers.
0: Good for you. Yeah. That's yeah, it was super cool. Sick. Yeah. How long were you out there for?
1: Um, I think about almost a week too just a couple of days okay yeah
0: any major differences between they run things the way they run things out there compared to new york
1: every place is different yeah. yeah some of them are like i said chaotic and then some are like super easy but yeah they're all really different i would say new york was a little bit more chaotic that one was scary yeah. because i had to go out there for the casting and then there was hundreds and hundreds of people so la was easy because i got picked before so I knew I was I was cherry. Yeah. So yeah, you, I wasn't you, worried.
0: Yeah, you showed up like, Yeah, I'm the shit. What's up?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm just like, hello, I'm ready to work. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. And was that your first time like out in LA as well? Or No,
1: I have family who live in California. They live in Laguna Niguel. It's like right outside of Orange County.
0: Yeah, you were telling so, me about that. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, an hour
1: yeah. from LA. So okay. yeah, I go out there all the time.
0: That's north of LA, right?
1: I'm bad with directions. I don't I th- know.
0: I think is I think is north of El. Because I, I have family that live <laughs> in Carlsbad and San Diego. Okay. And so a couple of years ago, uh, well, really whenever I, whenever I can get out there and bring my car, mm-hmm. I'll see my family. But then I make it a point to go up to L.A. and like see shit out there. Oh, nice.
1: And mm-hmm. like
0: the last time I had gone out there, I went and saw like the Comedy Store and the Laugh Factory and shit like that. Oh, and nice. I lost my fucking. I was like,
1: oh my god, <laughs> that's where Joe Rogan started. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah,
0: was, have you? Because have you ever seen the Comedy Store? No, yeah. You know, so ain't. it's cool. They uh, it's a big, big black building with red signs. But then they have I forget the guy's name, but they have a professional painter there, and he cool. he paints the signatures of every major comedian that that got passed at the comedy store. Basically, oh, wow. like you, they got selected to be a paid regular. Oh wow! So there's people like uh, Richard Pryor, Rogan, uh, Joey Diaz, like Nikki Glaser, Whitney Cummings. All these people have their names. Uh, signed on the store mm-hmm. and so to like see that in person was pretty fucking sick. Oh
1: wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I've never seen that in person. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. it's on uh not on Hollywood Boulevard. It's on like uh, I think on Sunset. I could be totally wrong about that. Oh, okay. I feel like it's on Sunset. But any is there we'll like check it out are you. there like things out there that you like you look forward to doing in LA or is like there's something that really attracts, cuz like
1: when I go to California, I go to the ocean. Yeah. That is my favorite place. You, It is yeah. hard to take me out of the beach when I get there. <laughs> oh, I love the ocean so much. I don't really go to L.A. too much. Yeah. If I go to L.A., it's like just for a show or something. Okay. but yeah. It's probably for the best. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, it's not that great anymore. So where my cousin lives over there in Laguna is super nice. So they're always taking us places out there. That's sick. So, yeah.
0: So you get back from L.A. You now have these two major experiences under your belt. One thing I'm curious about just with the culture of modeling, the diet culture of modeling, Mm -hmm. because again, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way to like, you have to fit a certain model. Yeah. Right. Yes. So was that something that intimidated you going into it? Was it ever like a thing? Is it something that intimidates you at all?
1: No, honestly, if I'm honest, I like, I uh, <laughs> I have to rarely work out. Like I don't really I eat healthy and stuff, but not as much as i should i just feel like i i don't know i just got very lucky i guess with my body type like (laughs) if i'm being honest no yeah be honest yeah yeah. but what's nice yeah
0: there's nothing wrong with (laughs) saying your own experience
1: no yeah it's like i yeah i should eat better but i love sweets i'm such a sweet tooth so i don't know how i don't have diabetes or i'm not obese yet because yeah i'm serious. um but I don't know I feel like it's different it's with modeling yes you're right a lot of them do expect you to have a certain body type um but it's nice nowadays because they're a lot more open to different body types and yeah so I feel like you don't have to be like as cautious obviously yes like every designer is different so some of them do prefer like a slimmer body type but it's nice because they are a lot more open minded now to all body types. Yeah. But I personally, I don't know. I guess I just got lucky with my body. I, think, hey. I mean, fuck, good for you. <laughs> yeah, good for you. <laughs> I know. I just have a fast metabolism. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah,
0: Thanks, Mom. I, uh, I feel my metabolism <laughs> starting to slow down. And I'm not happy with it. Because I yeah. fucking hate cardio. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I, hate, I know. Yeah. I hate cardio with a passion. Oh, yeah, me too. And no, because you're right. Like Again, outside looking in, <laughs> it does look like a lot of brands and like designers are being a little bit more open. But I, yeah. I still, again, outside looking in... Still looks like the top elite uh, designer, like designers yeah. with their designer clothing. They want the slimmer, tall, yeah. very, not, I don't, I don't like using the word lanky, but like the very just like the classic traditional yeah. model, yeah. I yeah. guess.
1: Yeah, they like tall, long, slim models that I feel yeah. like that's what's, like you were saying, like the most common that they choose, I guess. But yeah, even in New York, I felt pretty short over there. I'm 5'8", and I feel like that's tall here. But then I went to New York, and I was like, bro, I'm like the shortest one. I I was like trying to put on my heels to make me look taller. (laughs) All the girls, there was girls there that were like 6'2". And I'm like... Just Amazon. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. So even in New York... Where's your
0: lasso? What the fuck? No. Yeah. Dude, I was
1: like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I just felt like kind of out of place. I felt like one of the shortest ones. So like over here, I felt super confident being tall, but then I went there and I was... I Was destroyed. I was like, damn. So
0: I am taller than my fellow Brickenia. Yeah, I, I am, know I am doing well.
1: <laughs> I know they look Dang. to me as
0: their master and their leader. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no.
1: Oh, that's funny though. Yeah, so over there, I felt out of place. Even I thought I was like going in their cherry, but you know, so I, I, I don't know. I guess it just depends. I got lucky, but. And like I said, yeah. every designer is different on depending what they want.
0: Right, and, and I'm not gonna, I'm not asking this question like a negative light, but yeah. is there any role that your management team plays in like prepping you uh, physically for a show? Like, like hey, uh, you're like three weeks out, and again, I my only real purview to look into this is through bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, you have like you're five weeks out, four, three, two. <laughs> okay, you are. Five days away. How are you eating? How are you sleeping? How are you hydrating? Like, how are you looking so you can actually perform properly, look a certain way? Do they play any role in that? Is that all, like, self-sustained and expected to be kept by you?
1: Yeah, I think it's all, like, me keeping myself accountable. Like, yeah, with how I look. Like, obviously, they'll, like, check up on you. You know, if you change appearance in any way, they want to know about it. But, like, in preparation for a show, I think that's more, like, me. Keeping myself accountable. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When you say change your appearance, what are like the left and right limits on that? Like Um, it's too... Like, wait, like, what's their, like, litmus test for that, I guess? I would
1: say, like, tattoos are a big one. If you're going to go get a big tattoo as a model, you need to tell your manager they're probably not going to like it at all. Just a so, big
0: face tattoo. Oh, Mike gosh. Mike
1: There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Mine would kill me if I did that. So I yeah. just love New Mexico. You showed the big Zia <laughs> symbol oh, right God. there. <laughs> no way. They would disown me for real. They would kick me out. But even just like you have to be careful, too. I know like some male models who like to go like dirt biking or do whatever and they'll come back with like a big cut on their face or something. And she's like, are you kidding me? Or like even something on their arm, you know, like if you have a fashion show coming up, they're going to be like, bro, like, come on. So you just always have to be careful or like even if I go cut my hair or change my hair color, like I need to tell them ahead of time or you know they'll they'll let me but you need to like let them know that you're going to do that
0: Growing up how how do you feel you responded to being told what to do
1: I feel like nobody really likes to get told what to do like especially if it's by like a parent or whatever I
0: don't know I knew some dorks when I was a kid
1: <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Oh, gosh.
0: No, I was I was a little asshole, like, say no. Say no <laughs> once.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. We were different, I guess. <laughs> no, but I was never, like, a bad kid. But, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I never really like to get told what to do. But, yeah, and it's not like I'm out here, like, yeah. doing anything horrible well, where right. I need to be told. Yeah. Well,
0: I just ask because, you know, especially today, we live in a time of very, like, uh, self, like... Uh, like, self-destination, right? Mm. It's very, like, you choose your own path. There mm. are there are no, like, there are traditions in society, but a lot of them are going to the wayside. It's like, you you can be pretty much whatever the fuck you want to be. Yeah. Even if you do break a couple laws, who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, now <laughs> it's, so, with a culture like that, and then, obviously, there's a purpose behind it with modeling. It's like, hey, we need to know every physical decision you make yeah because at the end of the day you are a product and you're helping us move products yeah advertise products Mm -hmm. and you're wearing products so we need to know how our model looks
1: yeah exactly was
0: that an adjustment for you or did you go into this knowing like hey i now have to follow a set of standards i are gonna have a lot like the higher up i go there's gonna be more people telling me what to do like did you accept that kind of going into it or is that something that you had to adjust to once you started like getting you started (laughs) meeting these things
1: I feel like I kind of just accepted it. Like, I knew that there wasn't any drastic change that I was going to do anyway. Yeah. I feel like the tattoos were like a big one. I knew I wanted tattoos, but I'm okay. I was
0: going to say, do you have tattoos?
1: I do, yeah, but I'm in the middle of getting my three butterflies removed. Ooh. I know, yeah. So, I thought, watch, I'll show you.
0: Have you started?
1: Yeah, I've had three sessions already. So they're just like faded. They used to be so dark with a lot of detail. Okay. And now they're just like kind of faded. But I am i have a couple more little ones that I'm going to leave. Just very simple, but the three butterflies will be gone. So, well,
0: I mean, you know, all that tells me is if I didn't have tattoos, I could have been a model.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> hey, some of them like tattoos, though. I feel like you either need to have That's no a joke tattoos. That's all you assholes in the
0: comment section. That's a fucking joke. I know what in I am. In the comment section. It's okay. <laughs>
1: um, no, yeah. I feel like they either like a lot of tattoos or none. Like, there's nothing in between. Yeah.
0: Is there... Okay, so before I ask that, how long has so so far anyway how has the removal process been
1: um i i it hurts during it it hurts really tr- bad cuz
0: what are they doing are they like are they like radiating it?
1: It's yeah, it's literally like a laser and they're literally like just lasering it off. I don't even know really how to explain it, but it hurts so bad. She gives me like a squeeze ball and my hands are so sweaty, but
0: so comparatively to getting the tattoo, is it worse? Oh yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Getting it, getting the actual tattoo is nothing. I can do that a hundred times. This it hurts super bad. Like I can take it, but it does hurt a lot worse. Right. But yeah, I feel like if it was anywhere other than the arm, I would die. I'm like, thank God it's on the arm <laughs> yeah. what's
0: the uh, how long how long has the removal process taken so far
1: uh, it's taken a, a couple months I feel like I have to wait like three months in between each session oh, and I've only shit. had three or four yeah I think I've had four
0: how many sessions yeah. do you think it's gonna take probably like 10.
1: It could be more, it could be less, but I'm like guessing around ten. A capital so.
0: F. Yeah, oh, I know. Oh my word!
1: Yeah, it sucks, but I'm not too sad about it. Like yeah. I like them. If I wasn't modeling, then I wouldn't have gotten rid of them. I would have kept right. them. But I'm not too mad about it.
0: How old were you so. when you got your your butterflies?
1: Um, so I got them separately. One of them was separately. Um, I got two when I was like, uh, I don't know, maybe like twenty. Okay. Twenty years old, yeah, twenty or twenty-one. I'm not sure. And then I got. Well, this last one just recently, like a year ago. Did
0: you have any, when you first started getting, did you have any aspirations of modeling? Was that even in your purview?
1: Um, I was like doing photo shoots, but I never thought that I'd right. be doing it this seriously. So okay. that's why I didn't care. Right. And I just kept getting them. Yeah. So yeah, now that I have them, I'm like, crap. I wish I would have waited, or I wish I didn't get them. So
0: when you were out of, like New York and LA, did you have to do any makeup to cover them up? Or no. was Or just like, fuck it, we're going to send it?
1: No, yeah, and I didn't have to. LA didn't care at all. New York didn't either, actually, but I was wearing a long sleeve anyway in my outfit. So yeah, so thank God. So
0: but. is it more of like, I get these removed, I have more, I guess, more access to more outfits I can wear, the more like... Yeah, the more, the more outfits I can wear that these brands are going to be more, com- more yeah. comfortable with me displaying for
1: them. Yeah, a lot of designers don't like tattoos because, yeah, they're distracting or whatever. And so it does get in the way of some jobs. Um, Not all the time. I haven't had too many problems, but it does get in the way of a couple. Yeah. And I just personally want a more, like, clean-cut, simple look. I don't like the way, like, my tattoos look in the photos anymore. Interesting. And, yeah, and then, like you said, yeah, it, some designers don't like them. Yeah. So I'd rather just... Get rid of them. You know, it's just a tattoo, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Well,
0: I'm glad to hear it's more of a personal choice than it was yeah. you getting pressured into doing it. No, yeah. I'm nobody, sure there's, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of talent agencies mm-hmm. out there that like hold their clients down like, Hey, get rid of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking do it. Yeah. Nobody
1: did that to me. Yeah. Nobody asked me to, yeah. but my manager DME did tell me just don't get any more tattoos. Yeah. And I was like, deal. But I personally wanted to get rid of them.
0: Like we were talking about a little bit earlier, like, which is fair. Like yeah. if, if you're going to because no one's forcing you to do this. No. So if you're going to enlist yourselves with this type of lifestyle, you're kind of giving up a couple freedoms. Yeah, exactly. So that, that makes sense. Is there a culture of like heavily tattooed female models?
1: Um, I feel like there is, but they're more for, like, tattoo shops, piercing shops. I haven't seen too many, like, runway right. fully tattooed. I've only seen male.
0: So and, and, again, not to generalize, but that's more of, like, the inked magazine. Yeah. Uh, suicide Girls, yeah. that style.
1: Yeah, exactly. Personally, that's the only time I've seen, like, fully covered, right. like, tattoos. I feel yeah. like
0: that's a lot more of a niche in that uh, industry than anything else. Like it's not yeah. very mainstream yet.
1: Yeah. No, not yet. Yeah.
0: Cause tattoos, it was, it's funny. I, um, i I'm born and raised here in, in Albuquerque, but, uh, a couple of weekends ago I went down to Alabama to visit some of my family mm-hmm. and I'm looking around and I'm obviously in the deep South. I went to a Crimson Tide football game where 90,000 fans are in this fucking stadium. Oh gosh. Th- I, I, I was deaf in my right ear for like an hour afterwards, <laughs> oh, and my gosh. right ear is already fucked up from shooting machine guns for years and years and years. But my hearing was fucked. But wow. anyway, I remember looking around and thinking like, w- "No tattoos? Nobody? <laughs> Nobody? Really? What? Like three people?
1: Oh my gosh! There that's were crazy. like,
0: and not just at the football game. But when we went out to eat, when we were out around like around the oh, town, because wow. we were." Because my family lives in a very very small town mm-hmm. called not very small but it's like uh, it's it basically like Rio Rancho to Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. I live in a place called Madison, uh, right outside of Huntsville, and there was like nobody with tattoos. Oh wow! I was weird. shocked. I haven't that spent is a weird. yeah I haven't spent a whole lot of time in the South. Like I've just been there and Georgia, but uh, yeah, I was very surprised. So yeah. I would imagine that in the modeling industry, it's the more heavily tattooed section of it is not anywhere close to mainstream at the no. moment.
1: Yeah. yeah. I've never even really been to this house. So yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, in modeling world. Yeah. Like I said, you either are heavily covered or none at all. And if you're heavily covered, it's probably a male, which is weird. I don't know why, but yeah, mm. I guess they're more the fully covered females. Yeah. Like I said, is yeah. more of the tattoo piercing right. shops. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess that kind of makes sense in the more like runway style. Cause tattoos are traditionally more masculine yeah they started out in, with, with pirates and with prisons so yeah. that, that kind of makes more sense. and yeah. then obviously evolved into like motorcycle gangs and shit like that yeah um that's so now like you moving forward what does like how did how did getting a management agency a management company uh, how does that change things for you now
1: so now i have access to working with like bigger brands and bigger companies okay. and Yeah, and now I can meet, like, um, yeah, just work with bigger people because I can only go so far on my own, you know, nobody knows my name, nobody knows who I am, I have no contacts, and now with these agencies, they are the contacts, they know all these people, you know, so now, yeah, I can have much bigger, more opportunities.
0: And so is this something that you see yourself doing full-time, like this is going to be your career as a professional model?
1: I mean, I would like it to be. Yeah. I would love that, yeah. But, I mean, I always just like, you know, it's not my plan. It's God's plan. And so whatever falls into my lap is what I'm going to trust. And if modeling doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But if it does, then all glory to God, you know?
0: Okay. Because the way you speak about it and obviously the things that you're doing – It would only make sense that this is going to be like the the path you go down. Yeah. (laughs) Um. That's actually a really good segue. The other thing I also expect to see on your Instagram when I open up the app is (laughs) modeling and Bible verses, which I adore. Um, That's (laughs) no, I think that's awesome, and not a lot. I mean, I can. I mean, I can. Not a lot of people, including myself, are very. I, I talk about uh christianity and being a christian on the podcast like whenever it comes up Mm -hmm. but i've just i've never been the guy that um like puts it on my social media a lot or like i really make a point to talk to people about it Mm -hmm. i'm very long like all my friends know that i'm christian and i'm obviously not the best christian in the world but (laughs) i do my best and um i've been very much more along the lines of if people want to talk about it sick i'll share my experience but and a lot of that comes from my lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to sit down with people and like debate religion and have <laughs> like, yeah, because in this chapter and in this verse and then this happened. Da 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 da. I'd love to be that guy. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Too, <laughs> I then. I am not. Um. Were you raised? Because the culture here in New Mexico is a lot more Catholic than it is Christian. Um. Because I my my mom's side of the family is Christian, but my father's side of the family is Catholic, mm-hmm. and I had kind of like a dual household type thing going on. Yeah. Were you raised in a church, or is that something you found on your own?
1: Um, I was raised in a church. I've been Christian my whole life. Um, both of my parents, my mom and my dad, come from Christian families, so it's always been a part of my life. But I feel like being so young, I never took it too seriously. You know, like I always believed in God, but you know, I cared about my friends more and I cared about going to high school parties more and whatever, you know, so I never took it too seriously. (laughs) But now that I'm older, it's like, you know, this is something I choose to be. And, you know, not, not just because I was raised this way, not because my parents told me to, like, this is something I chose for myself and something that I personally believe in a hundred percent, you know? So yeah, it was, it was never forced upon me. It's something I personally choose.
0: When did that choice happen for you?
1: Um, well, like I said, I've always believed in God, but taking it like more seriously, like I think this past year is when I've really just like fully wanted to devote my life to him, you know, and just give everything to him. And I was baptized um in April, I believe it was. Good for you. And thanks. So yeah, I think after that is when I'm like, all right, like I'm gonna do this, you know, like there's no reason to be ashamed or to not yeah. talk about it, you know, like this is who I am. And so I want people to know that. Yeah. So,
0: was yeah. there like um was it a single thing that happened in your life or was like a buildup of events over years that led you to that mindset that where you just woke up, hey, like this is obviously the like the path I'm gonna take?
1: Um, well, I was really lost for a while. I had a, an amazing group of friends that I still adore and that I still love, but um just weren't the best influences and so i was super lost and um, my best friend she's still my best friend to this day rianne um she is the one who kind of brought me back um she moved away so i never see her too often so when i saw her we just like talked about it and she's the one who just kind of like set me straight and and she's the one yeah who brought me back to it and so that's really when i was like you know, she's right. I need to be taking this seriously. And so I'm forever grateful to her for bringing me back And when I was lost. That's awesome. Yeah. Any friends like that. Yeah, definitely.
0: And so how is uh, the, I guess, I guess the proper term for it is rededication. hmm um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I am having to pull back from my, like, Rolodex of proper terms. Um, when it's okay. That... I don't know proper terms either. So you can just, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> With that, uh being relatively fresh in your life how do you feel it's changed your outlook on just not only just your day to day but just life in general
1: i would say um i'm just a lot more like um i'm a lot more like loving and patient with people now like i feel like before i held on to a lot of anger and and everything and now i'm just like learning to release it all and I just treat people differently. I'm a lot more kind. I feel like that's a big thing is like it's so hard to meet kind people nowadays. And yeah, and I just want to be like the one kind person that somebody remembers. And on top of that, like hopefully I can bring them to Jesus by being kind and being loving towards them, you know, like because that's part of being who Jesus is. Jesus is love. And when you are loving to somebody, that's what they remember, you know, so I feel like it's just given me a whole different outlook on life. Like I was always trying to be loving and kind, but not like now you know like that's that's what i want people to remember
0: well it's a good uh differential you bring up because there are i mean you'll meet people that are nice yeah you'll meet people that are good in conversation Mm -hmm. which i mean i'm not discounting that because Mm -hmm. you also meet some assholes too yeah they just some real pieces of shit like right off the bat like oh you're just (laughs) that guy right now okay sounds good yeah um but it's there's a difference between just being nice but then they turn around and they act a certain way, or they yeah. talk about you a certain way to other people. and It's like, exactly. oh, okay, that's okay. we we'll just at least the assholes up front about it. Yeah, you're you're lying. Yeah, cool. Sound okay? <laughs> so what? You you just illustrated a bit of it uh, just now. But how has the definition of kindness changed for you over the last few months?
1: Um, I would say I am a lot more self list now like i feel like being kind is putting the other person their needs before yours thinking of how they're going to feel thinking of what they need and people are constantly thinking about themselves and i feel like that's what keeps them from being like super kind to people it's because they're like oh well you know that person looked at me wrong so blah 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 you know but if you just turn around and smile or you know like that's that's what makes you different you know yeah so that makes a yeah. lot of
0: sense and without getting um political about it, but obviously like today, uh a lot of Christians find themselves at odds with mm-hmm. the current world we live in. Mm-hmm. Um whether it's like a political thing or a social like uh, like social social norms are changing. Um mm-hmm. social standards are changing. The way you conduct yourself, the way you present yourself. How do you find yourself Wrestling with a lot of that on it, like whether it's you open up Instagram, you see something, or you turn on the. I mean, I'm not gonna say you turn on the news. I doubt you turn on the news.
1: <laughs> I. When is the
0: last time you turn I, on the news? <laughs>
1: I watch it when my parents put it on, and I happen to be in the kitchen or something. <laughs> then I'll sit down and watch it. But yeah, yeah. So,
0: but whenever you, um, <laughs> you know, you intake intake the world right now. Yeah. Um, how do you find yourself? finding god in that and then separating yourself from everything else yeah because the bible quite literally talks about stuff like that where you're not supposed to be of the world and you're not supposed to be you can enjoy it but you shouldn't be idolizing it yeah right like how do you find yourself doing that
1: i feel like um gosh especially in a world like this how can you not lean on god how can you not turn to god about everything i just feel like like all around us, like he's everywhere, you know, like in this world, he's a never changing God. So just because I see something on Instagram, it shouldn't change, you know, who I am or how I look at something. Like I believe in the Bible, a hundred percent, everything that it says, and I'm not going to change like my opinion on that just because of an Instagram post or because of the news or whatever, you know, it's like you throw on the news and you just see all these horrific things. And some things even like speak about it in the Bible. And it's like, how do you not turn to God when you see all of these horrible things? You know, like, right. yeah, I feel like people are just so quick to blame God for horrible things. But we need to remember, like, God doesn't cause bad things to happen. Like, sin causes bad things to happen. People cause bad things to happen. But God is one that you should turn to when these bad things happen, you know?
0: No, that makes perfect sense. And uh, and that's one of the things that I've struggled with a bit with my own faith is... Yeah. And again, cause I'm a, if you haven't noticed by looking around, I'm a fucking dork. Uh. <laughs> my sister would love it in here let me just say she likes all this like creepy
1: stuff but yeah <laughs> I like it and it's cool thank you yeah. and um, I,
0: and a lot of the like references and things that go on in my head are very much superhero based and there's <laughs> and the best way I can sum it up there's, there's a line in, in uh, Batman vs. Superman from Lex Luthor what a sentence and, <laughs> uh, and he goes well if God is all good then he can't be all powerful and if he's all powerful he cannot be all good and the, the, there's a part of my brain that can answer that, but there's like a disconnect between the way my brain sees it and the way my mouth can like articulate it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's yes. what I've been kind of working on it's yeah. like, cause you're right. Like people cause it and, um, sin causes it. And then, but then the other part of my brain goes, well, God gave us free will and a bit of him is allowing it to happen. Within the other part of my brain goes, Well, and I promise I'm not schizophrenic. This is all one voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other part of my brain goes, Well, yeah, but true love, and you'll find this obviously in relationships, whether they're friendships, romantic, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. True love is uh, someone choosing you of their own volition, mm-hmm. not you forcing someone exactly. to love you, because that's toxic as shit.
1: Exactly.
0: And I mean, hopefully not everyone has experienced that type of relationship, but I know most people have, mm-hmm. especially today. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you find yourself, like, wrestling with stuff like that as you read more of the Bible, learn more about it, learn about your own religion? Like, do you find yourself wrestling with anything like that? Or just in general?
1: Um, not wrestling, restless,
0: like questioning, I guess.
1: Because
0: um, I feel like that's a very human thing characteristic
1: yeah to question yeah um i would say do you mean okay do you mean wrestling with like true love like how could like god allow if he's all powerful all good how could he allow these things to happen
0: well not only that but just i feel like everyone in regardless of what religion they have Mm -hmm. unless you're a weirdo like like the branch davidian style out in waco where it's just a (laughs) cult um but you know that story right
1: um, I think maybe I've heard a little bit. Oh, so it was, so was
0: back in, like, fuck, I'm going to mess up the dates, like, 94, 92. Basically what happened is there was this huge compound. Let me give the bullet points. Uh, compound in Waco, Texas. Uh, David Koresh, it was mm-hmm. the he, it, it was a cult, and, and he used God as a vessel, basically, to say that I am, like, the one way to God, you need to believe very like stereotypical cult leader, right? He, yeah. and he had this compound full of people and it was like 50 or 60 of them. And he was telling all the men that like, for your wives to be true wives in our cult, they need to have sex with me. And like, you're like, even if your children aren't yours and they're mine, it's, that, that all these like bullshit. Mm-hmm. And basically what ended up happening was, and it's debated whether or not it was legit or not because um, what turned into a big thing is the ATF got notified that they had a bunch of illegal weapons whether or not they did is still up in the air and what happens and there's a really good show about it um, it's on Netflix now um, the only character uh, the only actress I know in it is uh, Melissa uh been benoist been, been lost whatever she played supergirl on, on the tv show oh, okay. and well long story short is they decide they're like they're spending weeks outside just torturing these people like they've got bright light shining in they're playing these giant sirens bunch of psyop mm-hmm. stuff to get them to come out yeah. well they don't and they decide to raid the compound everybody dies yeah the atf wow. burns it to the ground turns into this whole, yeah, and it's debated whether not, like, okay, who fired first, yeah. what was ethical, what was legal. But anyway, that's what that was. So obviously you have people that just go full in, they don't question anything, and they're like, yep, uh, what I'm told is what I believe. And you have other people, and I feel like, again, this is a very human characteristic where it's like, okay, I believe my core tenets of my religion but I have questions. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, one of my, I can't wait to have him back on. I need to get him scheduled. But a friend of mine who actually used to work in um, apologetics at Calvary, mm-hmm. uh, Sean, he, one of the, this is one of the best I've ever heard it put. He wasn't, he was raised in a Christian household, walked away from it, decided to come back. And now his mindset is I want to be proven wrong, mm-hmm. but every every bit of research I've done, every, and he is like in it. Like, he researches and goes through every lecture and goes through every historical, like, whatever he can about whatever subject, because that was his whole job. For, like, for people who don't know what apologetics are, like, six to eight years at Calvary, his whole job was to sit in his office and have appointments with people that said, this is why I think Christianity is wrong, and then he had to turn around and tell them why they're wrong. Oh wow! What a fucking crazy. job! Yeah, what a job! <laughs> That's crazy. So it's a
1: lot of pressure. Yeah.
0: So that was his whole thing for like six to eight years, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Yeah, my mindset has been, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep believing this until I'm proven wrong, mm-hmm. and I've yet to be proven wrong." Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, to to bring us all back to what I was originally yeah. uh, asking, do you find yourself like questioning anything, um, or like not taking issue, but just saying like, "Hey, like that doesn't make a lot of sense," or yeah. like, "Why did?" this contradicts that or anything like that. Yeah,
1: I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of things to question. You know, I feel like God wants you to question things. He wants you to be curious. And there's so many questions that you can ask that don't have an answer, you know, like, and I think it's because we're not meant to know. Like if we knew everything, why would we need God? You know, like we're not meant to know everything. Like a lot of it is meant to be curious and for us to look forward to finding those answers, later you know but yeah there's a lot of things i question like something my brain cannot comprehend is like how we're going to be in heaven for literally forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and like how is there like just no end like yeah i don't know like that just doesn't make sense to me how is there just no end but that doesn't mean i don't believe it you know but it's it's just i'm not meant to know i'm not meant to understand that if i had the answer then like I wouldn't have something to look forward to. I wouldn't have something to be curious about, but it's okay to question things. He wants you to because he wants you to do research and and show that he can prove himself, that he is who he is, you know?
0: Right. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Um, and another thing I'm curious about, um, obviously the world we live in, it's become... Uh, well, okay. So before I ask that, how does your faith... And your practicing of Christianity, um, how does that coexist and meld together with modeling? Because obviously mm-hmm. the modeling industry is very vanity based. Yeah. It's very image based. Yes. Uh, like again, to use a proper term, worldly. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. how do you reconcile both of those at the same time? Not to say you shouldn't yeah. be modeling, obviously, no, but yeah. like how yeah. do you how do those two coexist?
1: Yeah. I know I feel like it is hard to like put those two things together, like You said, like, I feel like when modeling, people think of it that, you know, you you take your clothes off and you do this and this. And I want to be that one model that's different and show that you can be a Christian and be a model, but do it respectfully, you know. And um, I feel like it is hard. That's why it is important to be choosy and careful about which photographers you work with, because I do want to be represented in still a Christian, respectful way. But I want to, you know, prove that I can model too. But so I have to be careful about what I'm shooting, like what I'm shooting in, what I'm wearing down a runway, you know, like, and then who I'm shooting with. So it is a lot harder because, you know, a model who isn't Christian, you know, doesn't have to worry about that. She, you know, and I feel like you can have a lot easier access doing it that way. But, you know, I, I don't care about it being easy. I'd rather do it respectfully and stay true to my beliefs, you know, but prove that I can still do what I love. Right.
0: That's, that's a beautiful way of putting it. I mean, I feel like today the term model, just like in almost in the same way, the term like content creator gets conflated a lot now Mm -hmm. with only fans popping off during the pandemic, the way it did. Yeah. Um, and now it, is there any pressure? Again, obviously you can only speak from your experience, but is there any pressure or any, um, uh, outside influence, I guess, for you to go towards shoots that are more risque or sexually based. Is mm-hmm. thats there any outside pressure for that?
1: Um, I feel like I always know what I'm going to wear or what the shoot is going to be ahead of time. So if they come to me with an idea and it's something like that, like a boudoir or whatever... Thank yeah. you
0: for using that word because yeah. I had that in my head. I was yeah. like, that's the term I want to use. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Saying that, I wasn't sure if I was pronouncing it correctly either. So.
0: <laughs> like, is it Bordor yeah. or like
1: Bordor? I think it's boudoir. Okay. Boudoir. I don't know. I'm going to get made fun of later. But <laughs> 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 but yeah, so that personally, like that's something that I would not shoot in, you know? like, yeah. So I'll make sure that I know ahead of time what I'm going into. And for
0: people who don't know what, what the fuck we're talking about, what... Defines that type of modeling or that type of shooting. It's
1: like like um, underwear shooting, you know, like thong, bra, very sexy, and right. there's nothing wrong with that. But personally, like that's not I as a Christian woman, that's not something I want to represent myself as, you know. So I do like, have to be careful about right,
0: very traditionally saying yeah. you say that for your husband. Yeah, like that's exactly. the type of thing. That, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. the, that's the more Christian outlook on it. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So it, when. So when you go out to like book with a photographer. Is that something you is that are there standards that you set for yourself and you make present right out the gate? Or is that something you or is it say, hey, if they bring it up, I'll say something about it. But if they don't bring it up, I mean it was never talked about in the first place. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um like I said a lot of the time I'll know kind of what I'm going into like wearing or whatever for the shoe. So it doesn't really need to get brought up. No. Um but yeah, but if it does then I make sure to be like, no, I'm not comfortable with that. You know? Yeah. So and and nobody forces me. A lot of them are like, okay, cool. You know, so yeah.
0: yeah. Well, that's a very quick way to out your personality, and, out, <laughs> and no, for real, it's like out your true intentions. Yeah. Is to, <laughs> hmm, excuse me, is to like, you know, say like, well, why not? Yeah. I thought it'd be. Me. It's like, all right, asshole. We're not interested. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if a-
1: somebody gets mad at you for not doing that, you know that they went in there with the wrong intention, so you should not have been shooting with them in the first place. Yeah. So that is yeah. fucking. That, creep that gives you central. your answer right there. <laughs>
0: that is creep central.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um. So yeah, how you did a really good job of outlining how you move through all of that type of industry as a Christian. Yeah. It's just, cause again, like, I feel like traditional modeling isn't how sexual you can be, but again, like just with society, the way it's turned, it's, uh, there's a lot of, I feel like there is a lot of expectations on women to like maybe go do those more risque type mm-hmm. shoes. Like when, when are you going to have an OnlyFans? Like yeah, shit like that exactly. in general. And, and quite frankly, I couldn't fucking imagine what your inbox looks like. Sometimes I'm sure <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. I mean, it's oh gosh.
1: Like, I don't even like look at them. The, the, the request. <laughs> nah, yeah. Nah. No, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good for you. Um, so then going back more specifically on Christianity, now that you have this more outlook on life and, again, there aren't really any societal norms anymore, there's not, like, a lot of things that propped up, I guess, Western culture have kind of fallen Mm -hmm. away and you have these extremes, right, for every, um, I'm not really talking shit, but, like, for every, like, hyper-feminist, OnlyFans model, like, uh, there are no standards sexually, live your life, fuck whatever and whoever you want, like, all of that. Mm -hmm. For every one of those, you have on the other side of that, you have the like fresh and fit guys, mm-hmm. Andrew Tate and like the, like the, I guess like the Tate brothers and they yeah. have like the hyper masculinity to the point where like, and there are things that I've said this before and I'm happy to explain myself, but there's some things that the Tate brothers have said that I wholeheartedly agree with, mm-hmm. like wholeheartedly, like the hard work. Be a strong masculine guy, you know, have standards for yourself. Mm-hmm. Be a very strong, hardworking individual with drive and ambition and all that type of stuff. But then, well, also what I don't agree with is what that has created. Yeah. And extremely young men that only see the, like, the cars and the women's side of it and, like, the yeah. very vanity. Like, it's like, no, okay, being a strong man does not mean seeing women as objects. Yeah. That's what I don't agree with. Yeah. So, like... With these extreme, you know, like, ends of the spectrum happening, how, as a as a young woman, how do you find yourself navigating, like, this society that we have
1: now? Oh, gosh. <laughs> With this society. Yeah. yeah. you have to be very careful about, like, what you say or, like, who you talk to and everything, but... Yeah,
0: and not to cut you off, but just to add a little mm-hmm. more context, I just say that because, again, like we were talking a little bit earlier, I just... Slowly but surely, especially since I've been having more women on the podcast and having these longer conversations, I'm becoming more aware of like auxiliary precautions, to put it that way, mm-hmm. that women have in the world that, that guys just fucking don't. Yeah. And I would say I'm ignorant to it, but I just didn't know about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's kind of my mindset in asking this question. So how do you, whether it's just putting yourself out there as a model, um, whether it's in like your personal life and the way that you're trying to find a good partner like how do you find yourself navigating today and then obviously you throw social media on top of all of that yeah i know
1: (laughs) yeah oh gosh i feel like i'm very careful especially like meeting a guy i'm very careful and picky about like meeting a guy going on a date with a guy just like you said it's hard to find like a guy Who's very respectful and a gentleman nowadays, but it is because, you know, a lot of girls don't represent themselves like that way either. So I don't know. I feel like it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's a touchy no, subject. No, that's, but no, that's,
0: that's a good way of putting it. Cause yeah. like, again, I don't advocate and I do not condone dudes being assholes. Yeah. Or, um, like acting a certain way or yeah. speak, and then this is removing the extremes of like assault and shit like that, right? Yeah. Removing that because that's obviously a yeah. big no no. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Interpersonally, right? I don't condone dudes being assholes or like, yeah. you know, being like too like, I don't know, It's fucking like, like brash, like hypersexualized when they speak with women. I, I all of yeah. that. But then at the same time, it's like, well, what type of reel are you casting? Yeah. And it kind of goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I. it's good that you say that because I, I agree.
1: Yeah, it definitely comes from both sides. You know, like, as a woman, if you want to be respected, like, then represent yourself as that way, you know? L- look for a man who's going to respect you, but make sure you're, you're presenting yourself that you want to be respected as well. Otherwise, this guy is not going to respect you, you know? Like, however you treat yourself is how he's going to treat you, you know? So, <laughs> but it's a big thing with guys, too. I feel like you need to have, like... Common sense is a big thing that I feel like people lack now. Common sense is not common. <laughs> like, and that's coming that's yeah. <laughs> coming
0: that's coming from a certified dummy. Yeah. All right. I, Same. I find myself not having common sense and sometimes I'm like, wow, well, that you should not yeah. have done or said that, but okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. But yeah. like a big thing that I want girls to know is like, especially if you want to model, is you can model without taking your clothes off. You know, like if you wanna do OnlyFans and whatever, that's your thing, then that's your thing. But like modeling specifically, if you're trying to take it seriously, like You don't like, then take it seriously. You know, like you don't have to take your clothes off. There's a way to be a model and do it, but still respecting yourself, you know, like, and not saying that girls who, you know, do that stuff don't, but, you know, just there's two different types, uh, you know, of modeling. Those are two separate types. And
0: I'm not trying to shit on either one of them.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Same. But yeah, with guys too, like, you're going to know right off the bat, you know, how they're going to treat you, you know, if they're respectful, if they're a gentleman or not. There's a lot of guys who, you know, girls don't make them that way. They just are that way. And, you know, you just, yeah, you know, so you need to stay away from them. Don't give them the attention. That's exactly what they want. You know, if a guy is saying something nasty to you, don't, just don't listen to them. You don't react. You know, it shows that you're just stooping down, down to their level. How, so. how
0: calm, I'm always curious about this. How common in, like, social settings, like, you're out at, out like, Anodyne or, like, Sister or whatever, yeah. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, how often is the, like, generic, stereotypical, like, cat calling hey baby how the fuck <laughs> like this shit this shit you see in like american pie yeah you see like oh stifler God. doing you know what yeah. i mean like
1: how guys just yeah <laughs> like if you go out like i've been down to canvas a few times and some of them just don't care like they'll just come up to you and like hit you on your ass or like just say something nasty to you and you're like what the hell like i thought
0: we were past that
1: yeah you're like dude i didn't ask for that like i don't know like some some guys just have no respect like i said no common sense either you know and it, it, it does suck but you just need to like stay away from them you know don't give them the, the attention like I was saying because that's exactly what they want
0: or but. you just develop a solid right hook
1: no seriously <laughs> seriously I learned how to punch when I was working at Olive Garden so stay back <laughs> <laughs> the
0: did they ask for too many breadsticks? like no you've had nine baskets you're
1: you're done. Hey, <laughs> hey, people were mean at Olive Garden, okay? The like customers that would yeah. come in, they're just so needy, so mean, and then they don't tip. So they
0: like, they come in and they have the audacity to order food. These people <laughs> are But they order mean,
1: <laughs> very impatient oh, yeah. and just oh, yeah, so needy. You're like, "Bro, I have like six other tables. You are not the only people here," okay? <laughs> I
0: worked, yeah, I worked yeah. in restaurants for f- 7, 8 years. Really? I fucking feel that. The worst place I ever worked at hands down no question melting pot
1: oh if no. I could
0: burn down melting pot with no consequences I'd do it oh, in an instant. fuck that place
1: really it sucked that fuck bad
0: fuck that place oh, well man. so first of all you ever heard of the saying like you should never go to the kitchen of your favorite restaurant I have heard that yeah yeah, yeah. that is one of the kitchens you never it is at least when it like back then mm-hmm one of the most fucking unsanitary Ew. places I've ever been. Ew. Especially, like, it's a little bit better if you're just going there to drink and order, like, the dessert. Yeah. That's a bit easier. Yeah. But have you been to Melting Pot?
1: I have once. Okay.
0: So have you ever ordered an entree there where you have to um, cook it yourself and yes. shit like that? Okay. Yeah. Don't do that. No. Bad idea.
1: Oh, God. Very bad Too idea. Too late. I already did. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if that's ever a first date proposal, say no. Oh, Because gosh. the fucking... I, The fact that that place doesn't have case after case after case of like cross-contamination poisoning is uh, ridiculous oh boy genuinely ridiculous because it's all i mean you've had it. it's all raw meat and it gets brought out to you and the audacity of that place i'm sorry the audacity of that place to bring out raw meat and then say <laughs> figure it out to the customer
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like hey yeah if true. you don't
0: cook it properly and you get sick <laughs> that's on you oh it's no. not the fact we had like johnny in the back touching three different types of meat with bare hands oh that's gross oh yeah no for real and then like so in the back they have um they have, like, literal, like, it's almost like, not storage bins, but they're, like, these, uh, like, oversized Tupperwares, pretty much, mm-hmm. that are just filled with all the talks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's going back there and just going, oh, oh
1: yeah, <gasps> yeah, oh, yeah,
0: oh, yeah, <laughs> everybody. Everybody from the fucking, the servers to the hostess goes back there to the chefs that's working on your food. I am or preparing your plate, rather. Because yeah. again, you have to cook it Yeah. because you're the one paying $300 to make your own food.
1: Yeah, melting pot's expensive. And I'm it's like, yeah, redu- they don't even cook for you. And,
0: yeah, actually, the, <laughs> the fucking audacity. I, I and almost... then and then the management is just terrible. I mean, uh-huh. at least I hope they have new management, but literally I remember, because I was like, oh shit. I was only there for one summer because I was promised big tips. And yeah. as a busser, that definitely did. That is the lowest amount of the, I've oh, ever man. had as a busser. Um, I think, yeah, so I was like 18, maybe 19. No, I was 18. And I, uh, I remember working one night and one of the younger servers that was there, she's having a bad night, whatever. She's in the back by the POS and the way, excuse me, the way it was set up, like there was a wall. So like, it's like little opening and you walk in and there's like a station here. It's like roll silverware opening and like cabinets and then over here. And then the POS system was uh like right here. So you had to turn in and you look so nobody can see your face. Oh, okay. And so I'm in I'm putting myself away and then I go back there to start rolling somewhere and I hear like whimpering. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? What? And I look, and this as she's putting in her order, she's like crying. <gasps> and I'm like, hey, are you are you good? Like, oh, what's no. like what's going on, man? And I'm a dorky little 18-year-old, right? I have, I have, I have nothing to offer except, like, a very scrawny shoulder to cry on. You know? Aww, I have,
1: that's so nice, though. You know
0: what I mean? You want to cry on a railing with a heartbeat? That's me. So then, so she's, like, she's trying to, like, get worse with it. I remember, I remember her saying, I, was like, I just have to focus on this. She's yeah. putting her shit in. I am not making this up. One of the managers, little like, talk about Napoleon syndrome. This guy. He's like five foot three. Oh God! Patchy hair, like balding, but won't accept it. Scraggly fucking <laughs> won't beard. It. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You, this guy is in your head right now, right? <laughs> Obviously, took a couple cycles of steroids that did not work out for him because was just like no muscle definition, but just like wide.
1: Oh God! You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Um. Anyway, he walks by, does a double take, turns around, walks back in, and. The, I, I quit like three weeks later so I was going to school, thankfully. <laughs> this fucking guy walks in. I was dumbfounded. And this girl quit on the spot after this. He walks in and he goes, get your shit together and get back to work. As she's putting in orders. <sighs> <laughs>
1: oh and that's like, so What
0: wow, what I'm pretty sure the uncooked meat is not worth her fucking mental stress right no, now. For no. the and then
1: Definitely and not. then
0: the people cuz again it is a very expensive restaurant. I mean yeah. just going to drink at the bar you're going to drop like 60 bucks.
1: Yeah.
0: People people that go there the demographic generally are very uptight, very snobby. Mm-hmm. Very uh well if you don't get it right, I'm be. Yeah, yeah. they're very like in their own head about their own money. Yeah. And that was just without a doubt the worst place. But I worked at Pelicans on the East Side and I fucking love that place. Oh, really? And I I like kind of miss working there sometimes. Yeah. Like I would, (laughs) I can't say I'd never go back to it. Like, say if I wasn't doing anything else, if I was doing the podcast or like all my other stuff that I'm doing. I might pick up a night or two. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the culture is just fun. Yeah, granted, I made a couple bad decisions there. Oh I mean, yeah, and it was, it was fucked because, like, I mean, you worked in a restaurant. Yeah. Everyone drinks. Yeah. All the fucking time. I know. And
1: <laughs> I worked with a bunch of ravers. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun though. Like you said, I still I miss working there sometimes too at Olive Garden because I loved my coworkers. They it's, were awesome. It's the culture. Yeah. 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 You
0: have you have shitty people. And you have just asshole customers that come in. Yeah. But then you get to go in the back and talk mad (laughs) shit
1: about everyone.
0: Well, then, And and back then, like, I was so, like, socially not there. Like, I was very quiet, kept to myself. I never went out. Yeah. I was very – I was the kid. Like, I had my couple of friends that hang out with me. And especially, like, back then, I had my little dinky apartment. Mm -hmm. And so towards the end of it anyway. And – i said my friends that i hung out with and then when i was working there in high school i would literally just go to work be a bus or be a server whatever then come back to my house and fucking read comics all night and just say yeah. to myself didn't really do a whole <laughs> lot didn't really talk to girls That wasn't my thing right yeah and so but i realized from watching all the female servers i was like i need to be like personal if i want to make more than 80 bucks a night yeah okay i need to figure out how to like yeah. Cheery up a little bit. So yeah, I fake like it a, till you make it. Exactly. I <laughs> did a little experiment on myself and like stone, so, stone sober. Yeah. I'd make like a good night. It was like 90, <laughs> maybe 110,
1: 115. Yeah.
0: Drunk? <laughs> I would clear like 150, 170.
1: Oh my gosh. Because you're more happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so. You just brush everything off. You don't care. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And so being, because I I worked there until I was like 21. Yeah, sounds about right. Mm 21-ish. So, you know, underage dude, access to booze. And now my job is like indirectly incentivizing me to
1: yeah. Drink on the job a little yeah. bit. Not a great uh no, definitely not a not. combination.
0: <laughs> but I met some dope people and I still yeah. I still talk to a few of them. Yeah. Um and it's it's just really cool what comes out of that. Yeah. Um I don't even know what fucking got us on this subject. Um you are talking about uh, Olive Garden. And, and then, yeah, this is you're about to see I you're, yeah, you're about to see how good my recalling skill is. Um I have oh, the
1: worst memory in the world too. So
0: um we were talking about just moving through a very hyper-sexualized society and with, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. so the last thing I wanted to ask you about that is you hear the term godly man. And that sounds great on paper.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and there's a couple of people, female friends I have that come to mind when I say this. I'm also not going to say their names, but like, as a conglomerate experience, from what I've heard from them is like, you know, and some of them just haven't found it yet, unfortunately. Where it's like there's a lot of like people will either just flat lie, and like yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a fucking, da-da-da. and mm-hmm. then in reality they're just like they're just trying to they trying to get laid, yeah. Or it's you know they they practice Christianity, but they're so far deep into like old school, like 1920s, 30s, 40s, like notice like the woman is lower than them, all that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. What does a godly man mean to you? And then, like, how do you... You know, I give away all your secrets for nothing, but, like, how do you, like, go out? How do you find yourself? I feel like that's so hard. In the end, speaking from my own experience, uh, and I'm not perfect, I've definitely fucked up um, a relationship with a good woman myself, but how, how... I know it's hard for me to find... Not that I'm looking right now, but, like, it's hard to find a godly woman in today's world Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so but from your own experience what does a godly man mean to you and then how do you go about truly differentiating that from just an asshole
1: for lack of a better term yeah i feel like a godly man right away you can tell when they're different from an asshole you know um i would say when i'm looking for a godly man i'm looking for a spiritual leader in the home like somebody who's going to lead me and you know the kids If we have kids, like, who's going to lead us in the home? Who's going to lead us in prayer? Who's going to keep us accountable reading the Bible? Like, you're looking for somebody who loves God more than he loves you and more than he loves himself. Somebody who's always going to put God first. Because if he does that, then that's just going to, like, be a domino effect to all the rest of his actions, all the rest of his decisions. So when you're looking for a godly man, yeah, you're looking for that spiritual leader of your home. You want somebody who's not ashamed to talk about God um somebody who goes to church with you somebody who um you see them applying that to their life you know maybe like volunteering for something or um Somebody, like, take them out to a restaurant and see how they treat the waiter, you know? Like, are they kind to That's them? That's like, a
0: good one in general. In general, in yeah. <laughs> gen- I, I, like, I've separated myself from friends because of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's true. Like, yeah, you're right. That's something in general. Yeah, but, yeah, but especially, especially so
0: if you're going to build yeah, a home. exactly.
1: Right. You know, there's, a, there's so many things to look out for, like... When they get angry, how do they treat you when they get angry? How do they treat themselves? How do they affect others around them? You know, like when they're sad, who do they go to? You know, like there's so many aspects that you need to look for. what do they go to? Exactly. Exactly. Who and what. That is a good one. Their their
0: sphere of influence, it sounds like. It's a very important thing. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I I think that's what it is. Like like, their actions, their decisions, like... Um, who's going to be a spiritual leader in your home to you himself and the kids, you know, as a family, like, yeah.
0: Right. And so that, that's also, what I was going to ask a little bit earlier. Um, empowerment
1: mm-hmm.
0: is a word that has lost a lot of meaning. And I feel like the meeting, no, not lost meaning. I just feel like the meeting has changed mm-hmm. and it's been not like degraded, but it's been just altered to the point where, empowerment has now become equated to, like, e- extreme lustfulness, right? In some cases. Okay. In yeah. some cases. Um, and then you bring us a little bit earlier about a spiritual leader in a household. Right now, uh, a big social conversation is, uh, obviously, we're starting from a foundation that men and women are equal as People like obviously, I don't think that has to be said, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. but then it's like again, in the Christian and a lot of like religions, it's men and women are equal, but the man is the leader of the household, mm-hmm. and that um, traditionally it's been the woman submits to her husband, it actually says that in the Bible, mm-hmm. but that's been changed a bit, and the definition and translation of that, and the way that society digests it now is that submission's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And that submission means that you're like a slave and a servant, which mm-hmm. is not what that means mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. So what is your definition of empowerment? How does that feed into the way you practice your religion? And then in that same note, what does submission look like to you in the frame of Christianity?
1: Okay, I see. I would agree with you. I mean, I think that I still I
0: hope, I hope I worded that right.
1: No, yeah. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Um I still agree, yeah, that you know, a man should be like the spiritual leader of the home. I don't think there's anything wrong with a woman being submissive to that. I think you know, whatever works for like that couple, you know, like there are some women who like are the breadwinners, you know, and like to go out and work and then the dad likes to be at home, you know. And it can be vice versa, you know. So I feel like it all depends on how it works for that couple. I think just because you see another couple who's different from you doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that, you know, or that you should get mad at that. You know, it doesn't affect you at all. But yeah, there are are like um, situations where the woman likes to be submissive to that, you know, and they want a man who's a spiritual leader and there's nothing wrong with that and vice versa, you know. I think like empowerment, you know, maybe it has like changed nowadays, but when I view it like empowerment, yeah, it's just like... I, I would almost associate it like with confidence, you know, like just feeling empowered, is feeling confident, feeling strong. And yeah, I guess that's how I would put it.
0: Where do you find yourself feeling the most empowered in your day-to-day life? Or what There's, empowers you the most, I guess. That's a better word. What empowers
1: the most, right? me the most? Yeah. I would say my family empowers me. Um, Obviously, God empowers me and... I don't know. I think a lot of the times, like when I'm doing something for somebody else or listening to somebody's like hurt or something, you know, like, and just finding words of wisdom to speak to them or, you know, that's when you feel empowered and you feel confident about yourself or there's a lot of things that make me feel empowered, I guess. Like, yeah. (laughs) good i'm glad to hear that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know yeah you just have to pay attention to like the little things that make you feel empowered even i would even associate like when i'm in the ocean i just have like such i don't know why i feel so connected to like water i would even say i feel like empowered in water it, it just makes me feel like it makes me realize like how small i really am in such a big world and that's like in an odd way i feel empowered you know like I don't know, just being there like under a sky and seeing how great and big the ocean is, like I almost feel empowered in that way, knowing how small I am in such a big world.
0: Have you always had that mindset, or is that something that's been um, like something that's been amplified through uh, religion? I
1: would say both. I've always kind of had this mindset, but I never like tuned into it. this much like
0: a new meaning now yeah
1: yeah everything has a new meaning now like i've always been like you know this person but everything has a new meaning now i have a new perspective on everything now you know yeah so yeah that's a good way to put it
0: yeah this has been a blast (laughs)
1: yeah this has been really awesome this has been a really good
0: time um Ah, uh, where can everyone find like whether it's like your social media stuff, your modeling stuff? Where can people find you?
1: Um, so my tag on Instagram is at yaya.mar. I do have a TikTok, but I don't use it very much. But that is just <laughs> at yaya.mar with um two Ys in the beginning. So yeah. <laughs> well,
0: thank you again for doing this.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, nice thanks, to- man. This was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> awesome,
0: I'm glad you heard. This is this is yeah. a blast. And uh, thank you everyone for listening and watching. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye, everybody. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Nice. That was so cool talking. <laughs>